magic is power. Patrick, I am your legacy newbie, and with me this week, as always, Jerry. What's up, man? Uh, not much, Pat. I've had a great weekend. What about you? Uh, yeah, it was uh, seriously busy, seriously awesome. We got a lot to talk <laughs> about. Um, but first, uh, you know, as always, we are brought to you by Hipsters of the Coast every Friday. You can check out Hipsters for lots of awesome legacy content. They have limited content, articles, and more, and it's all free, so check it out. Uh, and also, if you want to support the show, you can visit patreon.com slash legacy. Uh, we have a bunch of rewards up there. We've shipped out a bunch of stuff, and we're working on more, so uh, definitely check that site out. And this week, we have uh, two of our really good friends from the area joining us. We have uh, the lovely Kate on. Hey, Kate. Hey, guys. How you doing? We're doing well. And uh, I would say Kate's the better half of this relationship. We have Aaron on as well. <laughs> What's up, Aaron? Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Not much. <laughs> Getting insulted left and right today. I know. Way to, wel- way to welcome on to the cast. <laughs> hey, well, you know, someone's got to be second place. It's just Aaron, I know. That's all. Uh, as long so, as it's not Jerry. <laughs> so uh, we are all coming back from Hascon. I'm I'm still feeling a little under weather. Uh, I think that's. Kind I know of this is a cast sick crew. I feel like I'm the last healthy one aboard a <laughs> board the starship. I just hey, I I'm just not know, sick. I, I have just, stomach cast. So. I, I just know that Johnny's gonna have a field day with this, so I can't wait to hear what he has to say about being, me being sick again. But. Um. <laughs> That you should eat less animal products. Uh, Johnny Kierd, so real quick story, just to make sure, (laughs) make that reference uh, known. uh, I'm playing in the iconic Masters draft, and all of a sudden, just from behind me, you just hear Johnny, uh, who is the one who made our awesome uh, intro music, just comes up behind me, behind my ear, and just goes, I have the sniffles, Jerry. Uh, so now Johnny has promised that uh, he's going to put together a soundboard of various uh, Patrick and I's uh, catchphrases. It's so. going to be great. Awesome. It's going to be like a, like a morning radio DJ. Uh, um, so obviously we all attended Hascom this weekend. Um, it was, I mean, for me personally, seriously exceeding my expectations. We have so much to talk about. Um, so I did want to start off with the magic stuff, since we're obviously a magic podcast. Um, we got to do a ton of awesome magic stuff. Wizards was in full force over there. Um, we got a chance to meet a lot of the Wizards people. We'll get into that later. But uh, the first and foremost, what Jerry had in our play, at least, when we got there on Saturday, was the uh, arena demo. And uh, we got a chance to sit down with Lane Chase after that. So we'll splice that in somewhere in this in this segment here. Okay, mine's going. Awesome. Yours is going too. All right. Yeah. So we're here with Elaine Chase. Yes. <laughs> Thanks so much for uh, just taking the time to talk to us. Yes. Oh, no Great. problem. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I was also just impressed with all the Wizards employees around here. Like, I've never seen so many in one place before. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was really great. Cool. It was really cool. Good. I haven't got a chance to do packs. I've done, like, I've been to, like, you know, the Legacy GPs. I've been to uh, Vegas and stuff. So it was really cool to meet a lot of the people who, like, make the card game. Yeah. Um, so we just finished the uh, the arena game, and that, that was so much fun. Like, like, Yes. Like, I thought, I knew it was going to be good, but, like, I wasn't expecting to enjoy myself as much as I did in that. <laughs> yeah, it was super fun. But, and I was telling Elaine that I played, like, Magic Duels, and I pl- obviously played a lot of um, Magic Online, and Arena was, like, that nice, like, middle ground between, like, mm-hmm. how 
nitty gritty that Magic Online can be, and like how like very vanilla, basic like it feels like Duels is. Um, and there's a lot of like design changes. Well, changes for may not be necessarily for the as long as this game is out, but like there was no clock on there. It looks like the turn structure was a little bit simpler. Is that how you kind of see this rolling out when it comes out for everyone to access? Or so one of the most important things for us with MTG Arena is to make sure that it was authentic Magic for mm-hmm. Magic fans, right? right? So we did not compromise at all when it comes to the rules of Magic, yeah. having the full card sets of Magic coming out, right? right. Um, so you'll be seeing the same releases that there is in tabletop going forward. It'll be coming out on MTG Arena at the same time. Um, but even though we wanted to have all of that strategy and gameplay rules and make sure we were true to Magic, we also wanted to deliver something that was awesome to watch mm-hmm. and something that was awesome to just participate in and feel like you're immersed in that world mm-hmm. um, and something that just visually and kinetically it felt good as you played, right? right. Um, so you know, we wanted something that was a little faster, something that was you know visually engaging, um, but at the same time lets you pop out into full control mode and yes. really control yes. your strategy and go deep that way. Yeah. Um, that's the biggest challenge we had with this game. Yes. So I'm really happy to hear you guys react so positively because that's exactly what we're trying to hit. Yeah, because it, it felt like when I wanted the game to have a quick pace and move along, I could you know, just tell the game what I wanted to do and the game would do it for me. But then when I wanted to take a step back and have more control, have that more strategy aspect to it, it let me have that more kind of in-depth experience. And yes. I feel that's what was missing from Duels of the Planeswalkers. Yes. Duels was a game where I played like a couple times like, okay, I feel like I got everything out of that. That, even though I'm just playing for 15 minutes, feels like it has so much more replay value. No, totally. I totally agree with that. And also, like, Ixalan, super fun set. Yes, and I, don't, I don't play a lot of standards, <laughs> but I had to play the Dinosaur deck, and that was great. Like, I want to play that Like I want to play that standard set. It's great. Let, let the record show, Pat mulled to five and still crushed me. Crushed, crushed, crushed. crushed. It was great. It was Pirates great. did not stand a chance. <laughs> um, so, t- can you tell me some of the aspects you guys are looking to, like, it certainly seems like this is made for people who haven't played Magic. What are you going to do for the people who have played a lot of Magic who want to get into this game? For right now, we're really focusing on first getting the gameplay right, right? Yep. Because as we talked about, right, just, just that, you know, how you play the game and how the pacing goes and how it feels is the most important thing. Um, and then from there, we're going to be starting with standard and mm-hmm. draft and all of our front list experiences. And it's going to be really the best way to play the current stuff if that's really what you want. Yep. Um, right now, if you're looking to play all of our back catalog of 25 years of Magic history <laughs> and having a lot of cards and have a lot of other formats, Magic Online is still there for you, right. and it will still be there for you, right? We're really trying to set up a system where no matter how you want to play Magic, you have a way to do so, right? Whether that's in tabletop, right, with your paper deck that you sit down yeah. with your friends or go to your game store on Friday night, um, or if you want to play on Magic Online with, you know, that plethora of backlist, mm-hmm. right? Um, or if you want to play something that's this quick pace, visually engaging, you know, frontless play that's great mm-hmm. to stream and great to watch, um, and it'll be a great onboarding experience, right, for yes. people who are out there who've been exposed to CCGs and love them, but maybe haven't gotten a chance to try the best trading card game that there ever was. Totally, yeah, totally agree. Totally so, agree. this might be way down the pipeline, but it feels like uh, this would be perfect for something like the Pro Tour, where, you know, it has all the rules of magic, you can go in-depth, you can have the strategy, but in a much more viewer-friendly is that kind of the end goal, or is that the hush-hush? We, <laughs> we have definitely built this with eSports in mind, nice. right? We definitely see MTG Arena being a really strong entry point for Magic into the broader world of eSports. Um, noting, of course, that Magic was one of the first games to do competitive gaming. You know, our right. Pro Tour's been around for 20-plus years. Um, it was one of the first out there broadcast on ESPN, right? 
Yeah, I remember that. Right? Like ESPN3 or something. But you're right, though, that you know, viewing tabletop, you know, takes like a really, you know, in-depth knowledge of the game to understand what's going on. It's really, if you don't really know, it's really hard to look at a tabletop magic game and really get what's happening. We're really looking to MTG Arena to come in and help us bring that esports viewership experience to a much broader audience. That said, we don't have any concrete plans at this point. We're focusing on getting the game right first, and then we'll talk about how do we layer that into our competitive game instruction. Uh, awesome. So, I guess uh, like what's what's next? Like, what is your next steps with Arena? You know, you're you're still getting the gameplay down. What what are your you know what's next? Yeah. No. So where we are right now um, is we're driving people to sign up for our closed beta um, because we're going to be going into closed beta later this year. Um, so please, everybody out there listening, go to the website um, playmtgarena.com, sign up for the closed beta um, because our first step is going to be letting the Magic community in to get their hands on it and give us your feedback um, because it's really important to us that we build this in full transparency because yeah. we know the only way to get it right is to get our fans to get their hands on it and give us their feedback and help us make it be the best it can be. That is super cool because you guys are building a platform for players to play with player feedback instead of rolling one out that's completed and then trying to like retcon it to make players happy. That's, yeah. that's really awesome. That's nice and I think Wizards does a good job too for what it's worth of listening to what the players want and then acting on that. We've seen a lot of like you guys take steps to, to make players happy. That's Thank really you. Cool. That's we really try cool. our best really. Um, yes. I mean, you guys have a very hard job. <laughs> the, internet, the internet is mean all the time. Yeah, Magic players have opinions. Yes. Oh, we, <laughs> that, is, that is, might be the understatement of the century. Right there. Um, but I mean ultimately at the end of the day um, all the folks in the building who are building Magic for the fans we're fans ourselves yeah. right? Um, and so and the thing that's best about my job is the fact that I come to work and I'm surrounded by passionate smart people who want to do what's best for the Magic community at the end of the day um, because it's our community and we're part of it um, and that's just super important to us um, and that's going to be fundamental to how we build into G Arena. Awesome. As far as like Magic Online so that's again that's a kind of for eternal formats right now that's what we're looking at um if draft is going to be centered on arena, how, how is it going to affect Magic Online? Will people be able to still draft on Magic Absolutely. Online? Absolutely, yeah. Magic Online okay. is still going to have draft. It's yeah. still going to have standard. Um, it's still going to have new card sets that come out along with everything else. Very cool. Um, it's really just going to be a question of what kind of style of play works sure. better for you. Yep. Um, and again, I want people to play Magic however right. they want to yeah. play Magic. Yeah. Um, and I see it as my job to help give people as many opportunities to play Magic as possible. Super okay. cool. And uh, I don't know if this was announced already, but uh, does Arena have full access to the standard cards? or is it going to be like a limited pool like your, uh, duels in the plane? It's going to be the full card sets. Oh, full that's awesome. card sets. So that's full amazing. rules and full card sets. Full card sets. Yeah. Awesome. It is real magic. Like yeah. this is real that's magic. It's not just right. digital pre-cons. No, it's, it's it, is, it is real magic. That's awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. And do we have any idea of, so in the closed beta, is it just going to be drafting or is it going to be standard constructed when you're playing that? Um. So when we kick off the closed beta, it's going to start with, you know, kind of what you guys saw today. There's some pre-constructed decks. There'll be mm-hmm. some constructed, you know, kind of, mm-hmm. Duke's format type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll start with Ixalan cards, and, and by the time we get to full launch, though, it'll have full standard and it'll oh, okay. have everything in there. Um, but just like any other beta, right, there's going to be, we're going to put it out in pieces to yes. make sure we get it right. Yeah. And is it going to be Ixalan going forward, or is it going to be Amonkhet? Um, right now, we're working on Ixalan forward. Ixalan forward, uh, cool. As I said, you know, for us, we don't consider it fully launched until we have a full standard in there, yeah, right? Okay. So, you know, whether that means, I mean, you know, going back a little bit to get some stuff in or going forward, right, uh, at the end of the day, we want to make it right. I do love my block constructed though. I was so sad when block constructed went away. Block constructed is fun. It's a different way to play. It's yes. like the flavor format because yeah. it's like like I feel block constructed is how you get really immersed in the sets yeah. because it's like you're not 
like you're not a pirate riding a dinosaur and then all of a sudden a mummy walks in front of you yeah, like, yeah, that's a little off. <laughs> That's awesome. awesome. Well, thank you so much for uh, taking the time with thank us. You. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much, much for having awesome. me. I appreciate this it. This is amazing. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, but Aaron and Kate, you guys both got to play Arena as well, right? Yeah, yep. I actually also got to interview Elaine a little bit earlier in the morning and play as well. Nice. What did you think of the game? I So I had really low expectations preparing for the interview with Elaine. I spent a lot of time playing duels, time I wish I could get back. <laughs> Wizards, I'll be sending you the bill for that. Um, and then, so, so I walked into arena with super low expectations, but, uh, MTG arena blew my mind. I actually really enjoyed it. I, I was thoroughly impressed. And the fact that it's just an alpha and phenomenal, I just, I couldn't wrap my head around it. I, I, I totally agree. What did you think, Aaron? Did you get a chance to play the game? Yeah, I got to play it. Uh, seems pretty cool overall. I kind of wish it would replace M2GO because that's a train wreck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, but, I mean, yeah, I mean, overall, I feel, it was a lot of fun. That's the elephant in the room. So just to talk about that real quick is that was kind of everyone's fear. So everyone kind of felt like there was two sides of the coin. Either it's not a very good product because, you know, let's be truthful here. Wizards doesn't have the best track record when it comes to digital products. Or if it is really good. Why are we using? Why are we using? Aren't we using this instead of Magic Online? Uh, so I, I think we should get into that in a, in a little bit, just because I feel that's really what uh, what people are thinking at the moment from uh, what I've seen around the internet. Yeah, we'll definitely. definitely I mean, <clears throat> sorry, go ahead, Kate. No, no, go ahead, Pat. I was going to say we'll <laughs> definitely have some speculation on that. We did try to ask Elaine kind of where that's heading, and her her inclination or her answer was, you know, Magic Online seems to be the place for Eternal Magic, and certainly it's going to continue supporting Standard and Draft. It seems like Arena is their place for uh, newer players, players looking for a shorter game experience, um, perhaps mobile gaming. I'm not really sure if that's the case, but it definitely seems like and- they can unlock those possibilities. So apparently also, I got a lane before she got her coffee because I actually got a little more uh, okay. push from I got a little more info from her. Lucky me. Uh, that's what I get for signing up for the nine o'clock interview spot. <laughs> wow. Uh, but when, tactics. Um. Yeah. Uh, but when and I mean, you have to remember that's 6 a.m. West Coast time. <laughs> right. Right. Um, but when but when we're ready to get into that, I'm actually I I. I wrote an article about it. I definitely pushed Elaine on that. And I also got to talk to Dan Tovar, who's the head of digital development there. I think that's his title. I might be a little off on that. I wrote it down somewhere. Um, and I was uh, pretty thoroughly impressed with their attitudes on MTGO uh, versus or like with MTG Arena, depending on where it ends up going. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's important, though, to keep in mind that regardless what happens, it, this isn't going to be overnight. You know, yeah. don't go out and sell out of your Magic Online collection. Remember, the game is just barely leaving alpha testing. They're just starting beta testing. Right. So we're talking, you know, a year, maybe even more down the line. Uh, because Which when it- me, and, me and Pat were talking to Elaine, she mentioned that, you know, they didn't really consider it fully live uh, until they have a full standard set out. Right, which means, which could mean, like she said, it might mean from Ixalan forward, it may mean Ixalan plus some future sets, and then going backward in time a little bit. <clears throat> I have a feeling it's going to be like when Ixalan is the la- is like the oldest set in standard. I have a feeling that's when we'll see a full rollout of this. So we're talking, I guess. Like, I, I, I mean, can't, I can't keep track of how the magic timeline works right now, but is that like <laughs> a month, and, uh, a year and a half, two years? Uh, I would think it would probably be about a year. I think you're probably right in that, and that is maybe a year. Yeah, I, I think if you got to play the green red dinosaurs, you had a good day. If you got to play blue red 
Blue Black Pirates, you had a bad day because those yeah, specs were not even close. <laughs> to, to I know Pat Pat mold to five and steamrolled me with the dinosaurs. Like, it wasn't yeah. even fair. Skill game. <laughs> but, Skill game, Jerry. Yeah. But sorry, Kate, what were you saying? I don't remember. All right, well, uh, okay. So what did you guys something, like about something Arena? Something, something, MTG Arena. Tell me what you loved about <laughs> Arena. What did you really like about the game? I love... So before I even got to play is when I got to talk to Dan Tovar, who okay. uh, was really... he. I believe he's the project manager for this, the whole creation of MTG arena. And um, he was talking about how they used what's known as UA to develop the game and really focused on um, creating a game that was focused on interactions and making a base where everything worked correctly. Um, And that, that was literally their like number one thing. Um, They wanted to make sure that, uh, things interactive properly and that was like number one priority like they did not want mtgo part two especially because it is 2017 when they're creating this from scratch and um and things have changed so much and you could tell that from the minute you stepped into the game that that had been a priority for for them i mean not only was it so much more beautiful and moved so much more smoothly but it felt like they had been compiling a list of Every little complaint the community has had about MTGO, which, let's be real, that is a laundry list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, I, I, I and addressing them. I, I just want to say I agree because I remember my first like little impression tick was within three seconds of the game launching. And it's like, oh, it actually has a real loading screen with like animations, <laughs> like a real video game would. It's not just like... A, an ad for like the next set. I'm like, oh, this is this is good. All right, let's see where this goes. But sorry, Kate didn't mean to interrupt. No, no. I mean, like that was pretty much where I was leaving. I mean, they took. I mean, I I don't know about you, but like I'm I consider myself a pretty experienced Magic player, but I find MGGO just like stupid intimidating because it's just so like. 1993 like i don't remember using programs like that since i was using like windows dos to play that stupid game where you're a gorilla throwing an exploding banana at another gorilla i think it's called jerry's bedroom (laughs) 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 but like literally like mggo i hate using it because like i'm like i don't know how any of this works this thing nothing makes sense it's not very intuitive but mgg arena is like the polar opposite it is very intuitive it's very smooth and they have said that they're working on making sure that whether you're a pro or it's your first time sitting down that it's adjustable so you're it works with your skill set which is great because mpgo is for like experts who on the game who've also watched youtube videos on how to use this cockamamie program and duels is for people who have literally never played magic before and it stays that way yeah i think I think, like, there was, you know, if you gave someone, like, Magic Online to play, you'd have to sit down with them and give them, like, a 10 to 15 minute tutorial on how it works. And playing Arena, I just, like, started and I knew how everything worked. It was was super intuitive, which I really appreciate. What I really liked about the game, too, is that, like, from the get-go, they designed it with, like, almost kind of like two game modes where... Um, you know, there's a quick mode where it'll tap the mana for you, it'll, like, play things out, uh, it kind of, like, holds you by the hand, and it, it allows you to just, like, power through games of magic. Like, Pat, we played a game, and we played, like, eight turns in, what, three minutes? Yeah, it was super fast. Super fast pace, and then I, so I was like, you know, this is great, but, you know, when I want to, you know, practice for a tournament, I, I don't want to have my hands held, I actually want to, you know, run my skills, like, oh, 
All you have to do is like hit control shift and you get all your priorities. You can, you know, it's real magic with all the checks and balances, uh, priority passing. You can play actual magic and, you know, tap your mana how you like, have full control like you would a magic online. Um, so I really like that they... and land drops. Exactly. Like, so you can either choose to just, oh, I just, I'm on, uh, you know, hopefully the idea is to make it in mobile. So you can be like, oh, I'm on the, but waiting for the bus, I can play a real quick game. Or I'm at home and I'm practicing for an upcoming, you know, PP, uh, PPTQ or something like that. And I just want to, you know, run my paces. Yeah, they definitely had all of that in mind. And on the mobile front, I mean, like, so another addition was, like, they definitely have made the game with, like, these beautiful animations. They said that they're working on bringing all the Planeswalkers to have dedicated voice actors, so that way the voice out uh, overs give the game, like, a lot more life to it. But they also realize, like, how many of us play games on our phone. So while they added those in for both new players and also for like an eSport perspective, that that will be able to toggle off so you're not wasting your phone life (laughs) on things that you might not care about. Or if you're like me, where you're like stupid and patient about everything, you can toggle it off for when you're just not in the mood to listen to Chandra talk about how cool she is. (laughs) Fireball! Fireball! They, they, uh, Elaine, I think it was Elaine, she definitely also mentioned that there was like an expert mode where it gives you full control of your turn. It like turns off a lot of the little frills that like Jerry said hold your will hold your hand. Uh, so I think that's going to certainly appeal to people like who are high level standard players or modern or legacy players uh, who get into this game who want to be able to control every aspect because that is something that Magic Online does do very well. It allows you con- to control your turn as much or as little as you want by setting your own almost to your, almost to your own detriment. Sometimes, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you'll have a stop set in your in your attack step, and and you uh, you know you get you get your your Grizzlebrand bounced by uh, Caracas, and you don't get a chance to recast <laughs> it. But you do. So maybe this is maybe you wanted to wait to turn back to this, but with you talking about uh, playing modern and legacy with us, to be clear, Wizards uh, was making it very clear that at least in the immediate future, they are only planning on using it for now at first standard and draft. Correct. They they have, however, said that um, as their relationship with MTGO and and MTG Arena will be determined by the fans. Right. So if the fans come out hitting MTG Arena, mm. you know, they might ramp back what they're doing with that. But if fans love it and they're, they're not loving MTGO, which they still plan to support, you know, update and improve, um, that if fans push for it hard enough, we could see other formats moving over. But they said they are not planning on that without a push from the fans. And, and, and yeah. let's be honest, like, Arena was certainly a better play experience. Um, and oh. I would also say that, like, uh, f- like fiscally speaking, it wouldn't make sense to uh, maintain and, and work on two separate digital games uh, when they could probably get it done. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Arena take things over, but for now, the plan is like, eternal formats, uh, standard and draft will all be a Magic Online, and Arena will handle standard and draft as well. So I, I so, do want to say on that same note, though, I did talk to Elaine about that specific topic, and I I was thinking the same thing, that they wouldn't want to maintain two different digital databases, especially because I thought it could risk, you know, kind of like, you know, separating their market in a way that might negatively impact them, mm-hmm. but Elaine was pretty insistent that any any move from one platform to the other would be you know very 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 much decided by the fans and it wasn't something that they were going to force if 
if Eternal players were like, no, we're staying on MTGO, it sounded like they were just going to leave MTGO, keep supporting it, and not force any move to MTG Arena, which I feel like is is important to make clear because I feel like Wizards has done such a uh, good and thorough job being very open with everyone about this. Yeah, uh, yeah. I would hate to like say something that leaves people because you should not. I'm I'm going to stand by this. Do not run and sell your cards right now. Yeah, that no, would for not. Sure. For sure. Um, and I just I I just want to make sure I'm clear about that because I feel an obligation <laughs> as a journalist to be yeah. as as open and honest with that as possible. You, I don't want to start a want, frenzy. You don't want to go into a crowded movie theater and shout fire. <laughs> that's that's not what you want to do. <laughs> No, no, I think I'll pass. <laughs> um, yeah, I agree. I don't think see this as a reason to sell collection just because we're so far, you know, in early development. Uh, but you know, let's talk about kind of the worst case scenario. So worst case scenario is two years from now, um, Magic Arena has like taken off like uh, you know fire a firework. It's everyone's <laughs> downloading it. People aren't really playing Magic Online anymore, other than the legacy and vintage player and maybe the modern players. Uh, it's not profitable to run Magic Online anymore, so, you know, I wouldn't expect Wizards to keep a, a non-profitable, you know, business aspect around. Uh, you know, it's, it's just kind of the hard truth of business. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they cut it, Magic and Magic Arena is, you know, great, but they haven't implemented older sets yet. How does that, so, how does that make you feel? I mean, I so Dan Tovar, when I was talking with him, did say they were not planning on instituting cards all the way back. Elaine was a little more open-minded about that. Um, I I don't think, based on Wizards' recent decisions regarding reprints, and I and I personally feel like an expanded support of of uh, Eternal formats that they would leave us hanging high and dry like that. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm sure if, if there ever is a transition, they'll figure out the best way to go about it. But for the time being, like, I plan on fully playing, you know, Magic Online for my legacy mm-hmm. stuff. But once well, I'm able well, to br- stream Arena, I'll definitely be streaming that, even if it's, even if it's like, pre-cons or, or just standard decks. The, the mm-hmm. format itself is really fun to play. Yeah. Well, I think just also importantly, uh, you know, it's important to uh, bring it up because if this is something we want, if we want to be able to play Legacy on Arena, because believe me, that's my goal. I want to play Legacy decks on the Arena interface because the Arena interface is so good. Like yeah. I want to be able to play Legacy tournaments uh, in that feature, you know, in in that way. And I think it's important to start early and tell Wizards, you know, listen, you have a market in the Eternal, uh, you know, group. People are willing to pay money to play the game that they love in the way that they love on the best interface. And I think if we, you know, bring it up, make a little noise, keep that in the back of their minds, uh, it, it, it would do a lot of good. Elaine, here's your fan requests, uh, that fan outcry you were talking about. <laughs> and and I'm, I'm so with you, Jerry. Uh, my article for the sequel I've, comes out tomorrow, Tuesday, so it will be out when this podcast comes out. But it is what sounds more or less like a love letter to MTG Arena. I mean, it's... <laughs> I mean, it almost sounds like Wizards paid me to write it, which I pinky promise <laughs> I have not I have, gotten a dime from Wizards I, ever. I, I'm afraid we're going to come off as, like, uh, shills, because I, I loved Arena so much that I'm gushing. Like, I remember... <laughs> what did Elaine say when, like, when we went over to talk to her so after you playing? Were glowing. <laughs> yeah, you were glowing. <laughs> like... <laughs> 
it was so great and that's why i bring up the, you know these topics because i want to be able to love magic and play legacy in this way it would just be incredible yeah yeah i'm 100 percent with you i wrote that article i sent it to um the hipster in chief and i was like Please don't let anybody think I am a shill. Like, you know Wizards has not given me a damn dime unless you count the open bar on Saturday night. <laughs> Which was pretty awesome, I will say. It was fantastic, but it takes a lot more than an open bar to sway my love for a new product. I mean, I think if anybody's read my column, they'll know I have no problem being critical. <laughs> pretty much anything. <laughs> uh, but MTG Arena... for a cigarette. <laughs> I mean, like, MPG Arena is just, like, this beautiful, beautiful thing, and I just want to tell everybody all about it. Yeah, everyone <laughs> great. Um, everyone should try it out. Wait, we're real quick, I just want to say the little detail that got me, that sold me, it was, like, the exact moment it flipped me, was uh, I played my land, and it just, like, compact and save space, it, the land goes into play, and then it just compacts into a, a little square that's just the art. Mm. With a border, so you don't have like this big blank text box taking up, uh, you know, a chunk of your screen. But it like looked nice and smooth, and like it looked like it belongs there in that way. For me, what really sold me was the way that timing works. So like, I'm sure everyone who's ever played an MTGO game, you've waited forever for your opponent to time out when they just like disappeared. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you will never have to worry about that with MTG Arena because they actually have it set up with a really short timer in between um, every different like action, I guess is the best way to word it for Arena. Um, but don't freak out if you're like me and you're like, but I need more time because pretty much all you have to do if you need a second to think is hit stop timer. So it pretty much has a nice quick timer going all the time, but you can pause it so you can take a second to think and respond and then that'll start the timer again. And it's not, so your opponent will have like a, you know, 30 seconds or a minute to do their thing and then it bounces back to you and you can pause the timer and be like, Hey, (laughs) I'm not sure how I want to deal with this. I can't, I don't know if I want to force this or not. Um, And that was for me like the gold. Yeah. That was one thing I I brought up to Elaine as well was like, Oh, I noticed that there's no round timer. And she's like, yeah, she's like, you know, Hearthstone has like the dwindling rope and like there's, so they're kind of throwing around ways that it makes the most sense to have some kind of, there needs to be some kind of timing component to it. So with MTG arena, I think uh, they will be, uh, you know, they will probably try to find what's like the best for both the game and the play experience, which I think, which I think is great. Um, but I definitely liked also the fact that like when the creatures went kind of to Jerry's point too, when the creatures went on the board, like you lose the mana cost, all you see is like the the art and like the power toughness. Like if you hover over it, you can see the whole card. But like when mm-hmm. things go on the board, they get super simplified. Only information that you actually need. Yes, I remember talking to one of the developer, and the way they put it is, Magic is a visual game. Most people, like, especially I feel legacy players get this more than most because we're the type of players who love playing with foreign cards. You you play the game, you get familiar with these cards, and you almost memorize them. So all you need to do is see the art to know what they do. Right. And so it gives the board a very clean look, a very, like, concise, clean look that conveys information. Uh, but say you need that reminder and you forget what the, you know, mana cost to activate this particular creature is, you can easily just hover over the card and the full text comes up right away. Right. So, 
Um, so I really, really enjoyed MTG Arena. I'm sure we, and we can we can probably talk about this for an entire episode on its own. <laughs> we have so much other stuff that we have to get into, and since it's not yes at currently like a legacy, you know, um, a, like legacy support, uh, we'll we'll just keep moving on. But I will say that I really enjoyed it. I'm definitely going to sign up for the closed beta, and once I'm allowed to stream it, because I did ask Elaine that directly, um, as soon as I'm allowed to stream that, I will definitely be streaming that um, at least you know at least a few times because I really. Uh, real quick, Pat, before we move on, we did get some extra uh, access keys to yes. the beta. Yes, we did. So um, you can apply for the beta, and applications just started. So if you want to play it, I would definitely recommend signing up soon. Yep, you can but go we to did play, get playmtgarena.com. Exactly. Uh, but we did get some guaranteed uh, beta codes that'll get you instant well, access. Priority. Right. Priority. They're not guaranteed. Sorry, priority. I guess if you use this code six months from now, no guarantee <laughs> that you can get into the uh, <laughs> into the game. But uh, so I got a code here. I'm gonna read it off once, only once. So pay attention or learn how to use your rewind button. <laughs> and uh, we got some others that we're gonna post up on the Facebook uh, page and the Patreon page. Uh, it is only one use per code, though, so uh, it's going to be first come, first serve, quick draw, McGraw, first one to get it in gets it. <laughs> uh, so we got GRK6C8UZEQ. So first one to get to use that code uh, gets the access. Jerry, I'm a married woman. Don't talk to me like that. Oh, <laughs> getting hot and bothered up in here. <laughs> Uh, all right, so that's probably all we'll talk about MTG Arena for now. But I did want to talk about Iconic Masters. Um, I know Jerry and I, we both got to do uh, two uh, sealed events for this. Kate, you got to do a sealed event, and you got to draft, I think, a little bit with some of the product that you got. Um, so can you guys tell me about what did you think of the set? What are your kind of overall uh, thoughts right now? I've been talking my butt off. I think it's Aaron's turn. <laughs> yeah, talk. This is ridiculous. Uh, overall, I was actually pretty impressed. I actually, in general, hate the limited format. Um, I can't stand not having like an actual access to a pool of cards where I can decide what I want to do with them. Um, so, like draft booster draft is like miserable for me because I have no control over what I'm picking out of the whole set. I prefer sealed a little more because you have like a pool of cards there and you get to make a deck based on that pool of cards. So it's a little closer to what I enjoy, what I'm used to. Um, obviously, it's a little bit of a shame when you don't have access to all the cards you would have access to, but, you know, again, beggars can't be choosers. It's only sealed. But honestly, with uh, with this Iconic Masters, I mean, I think they hit a home run with figuring out what was going to be on the set. I'm a little disappointed that I didn't see any Shivan Dragons. I was, like, as much as I didn't want that in my pool as, like, a rare or something, like, I wanted that in my pool. Like, Shivan yeah. Dragons is a super iconic card. Like, that's one of the very few things that I think was a miss. Like, I wanted to see, like, a Shivan Dragon... But I'm not upset. I got to see a mana drain in my pool. So, <laughs> you know, there there were a lot of trade-offs. You know, yeah, you saw think... we saw mana drain. We saw channel. We you know all these really powerful cards that no one I I'm sure no one anticipated getting reprinted, but they got reprinted. Well, they also did they also did print all those um those Kamigawa dragons, which I thought was pretty cool. So each each color got its own dragon. Uh, oh yeah, absolutely. Really um, so there was like. When I played, like, all my pool, like, both my pools definitely had dragons in them. They both definitely had angels in them. So, like, I think the <laughs> archetypes were there, um, and the gameplay felt super fun. Um, I don't know. It, 
it felt like I don't know if it was just my specific pool. I know I got a busted dragon pool, but it felt like dragons the set, which yes. I was totally <laughs> with. Yeah, I was I was down with that for sure. After playing uh, dinosaurs in MTG Arena, I was down to play dragons in the Comic <laughs> Masters. I loved. Uh, so my pool that I opened was just worth utter shit. Like I think it came to a total of four dollars and fifty cents. Um, so I was a bit disappointed in that. I doubt but, that. Yeah, yeah, I saw your list of cards you posted on leaving a legacy, Jerry. I don't think you know card values very well. No, that's my that's my that's my second pool. My second pool was much better than the first pool. My first pool was like I got multiple hypersonic dragons at this event. <laughs> that card's gas. <laughs> you know how there's just that one bulk rare that you just keep opening over and over again. <laughs> yeah, uh, hypersonic dragons is that for me. But so like I got like. But it was all, like, good cards for the limited format. Like, Crucible of Fire in this format is busted. Like, if you are drafting, Crucible of Fire has got to be a first pick. Because there are just so many dragons. That's the enchantment that gives all dragons plus three plus three. Uh, Plus, like, cards like Bladewing the Risen is an uncommon. Yeah, I got one. Sanguine Bond is uncommon. That card's really expensive thanks to Commander. Yeah, so for me, like, my, my, my draft experience is actually really good. I pulled a ton of value, like... I generally hate limited, but I actually liked the decks I ended up building as a result. Like, So I looked at my rares, and I looked through the commons and commons that the foils aside didn't think anything in my first sealed pool. And then all of a sudden, like, so I build, like, this nice blue-red, like, prowess spells creatures deck. I have, like, a Swiss Spear. I have Jesse and Infiltrators. I have, like, the two-mana one-three or whatever that gets, like, plus one, plus oh, and unblockable whenever you cast a non-creature spell. I'm thinking, oh, this deck's going to be sweet. It's, like, wicked easy on the mana, all this. And then I look through my uncommons, or my foils, real quick, and I'm like, crap, how did I miss I pulled a foil channel? <laughs> and then I had a fireball, so I'm like, okay, well, crap, now I'm going rug channel fireball, I guess. Cool. You, know, <laughs> you had so. to. I mean, there's no I, choice. I had to. <laughs> like, I set up, like, a sweet turn, too. I was like, oh, you're at 14 life? Cool. I'll play this wall of roots, play my land, now I have 14 mana for next turn. And then he played Angel of Mercy, and I'm like, okay, well, now I can't fire channel fireball you out of the game. I have to kill that stupid Angel of Mercy and deal you seven, because... Apparently, Fireball, you have to divide it evenly, which I did not read ahead of time. <laughs> I, well, was, I was talking to a judge, and he was telling me that he saw someone channel Fireball, their opponent mana drained, and then on their turn, they Fireballed their opponent. Oh, no. <laughs> that, is, that is iconic ma- uh, magic. Yeah, that was my like TLDR of why this, this format is great. I just want to say I never in my life expected to be able to build blue black mill and draft and oh, i did yeah. <laughs> i did it was like glimpse did uh, you have double thoughts. glimpse pool no i had glimpse okay a few thought scours uh i had a few balustrade spies and then i had that one that like destroys a uh, creature and then the person mills equal to their the yeah, creature's power yeah something like that grizzly something but that was fantastic, and then I also got to build a red dragons, and then a black, green like ramp control. P.S. Uh, my husband gets really salty when you run three wrench mines in your three wrench mines draft. In draft. Are you kidding me? She drafted three wrench mines and then ran three so wrench good. mines. Uh, I, so my good. pack one pick one when we did a booster draft was Blood Baron Viscopa. I'm thinking, wow, okay, sure, why not? That card's sweet. And then like everything I was able to draft, I had five cards I could not put my deck if I wanted to. Everything the else one... is black white like creatures, like lifelink, like all that. And then I got blown out by two wrench mines in the game and double bane of prog like bane of that was uh, not a... Heroes Bane. I was, 
yeah, uh, Bane. <laughs> the one the one uh, game slash matches there were one game matches that I lost all day was to the blue black uh, mill deck where my opponent she plays uh, the demon the six six four drop that you know you can't win the game you uh, your opponents can't uh, oh, lose the game. Yeah, she beats me down to two. Uh, luckily, I'm running like a black white life game deck with Kokoshu. Uh, and I am able to stabilize, kill it, gain 13 life, and then she proceeds to mill me out by casting three balustrade spies. That was, <laughs> watch that. That was amazing. I definitely got to balustrade spy someone for 10 over the weekend, so pretty happy. Plus, I had Primetime and Vornclex together in my draft pool that had the three wrench mines that made my husband miserable. I had such a good time. Yeah, this with was this all part format. of when we did the booster draft with hipsters. So we had signed up for some sealed product. We had signed up for the sealed events, which were the clip packs, and we ended up dropping, brought those packs with us with the hipsters crew, and then we did a live stream of it. So nothing, we were not provided any sealed products from hipsters. It was yes. or from wizards. I, it was all, you know, obtained through the tournaments. And I think that. We did live stream it. I also think that we recorded that. So if anybody wants to watch, um, Zach Barash is the one that gets focused on, and he is he is a like limited master. It's definitely great uh, listening to him talk while uh, there's limited going on. I know he's definitely going to be writing about iconic limited, and it's worth checking out. Like he thoroughly impressed me every time I built a sealed deck this weekend or a draft deck i had him look at it and i was like hi i think this is really good and he would just like suggest even just minor changes and i was like what the heck man i didn't even see that and that's just genius he's he's very good at limited uh yeah uh let's talk a bit about uh prices uh because we have seen quite a few cards uh come down in value that frankly i think were probably too expensive in the first place uh so the number one thing i think i want to talk about is mishra's bobble because i pulled one out of my <laughs> second pool and now it's like i literally have its graph on player <laughs> i have Another its one? graph pulled up in front of me <laughs> yeah, like so mishra's Fisher's Bobble went, well, I mean, it's a, it's a common from Cold Snap, right. and it went from $60 at its peak right before, uh, actually, in between. No, it was, at, it was at 25 right before Iconic Right Masters. before, no, I'm talking about, like, on and get. So the most expensive Mishra's Bobble yeah. got is it barely kissed $60 uh, about mm. uh, about a month before uh, uh, on get. Uh, yeah, I was going to say that before that it was up to, like, 80 or 90 at, like, a very brief period of time. Uh, I mean, I'm on uh, I'm on uh, MTG Goldfish's uh, price tracker, and that that's what they have the highest at. But I'm sure you know prices are fluid all over them all over uh, the Magic community. Yeah. But uh, yeah, now it's like it's down a lot. Like I'm looking at copies on TCG Player for seven ninety five with free shipping. So <laughs> to be completely fair, though, we're talking about a comment. I'm looking on I'm looking on eBay because I like eBay. That's going for like ten. I'm seeing ten to fifteen on eBay. But even if it's going like eight to fifteen, I mean for a flipping common from Cold yeah. Snap, guys. <laughs> Um, I don't think it ever should be that expensive in the first place. (laughs) Anybody's interested in a foil Mishra's bobble? Aaron and I have one. (laughs) (laughs) Don't you love it when you you crack an uncommon, it's the most expensive thing in your pool? (laughs) One of the packs packs was foil Mishra's bobble, regular Mishra's bobble. When we did did the booster draft. (laughs) <laughs> and it turns out it was one of our packs, so that was awesome. Nice. <laughs> you did open up a mana drain, uh, though, so it was not the most expensive. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I was, I was, I was smacking myself because so the person sitting in front of me, the judge, 
you know, comes by and he just puts two, because uh, the booster packs came in a deck box, and he just put two deck boxes in the middle of the table in between us. And I reach out and I grab one of the boxes, and then my opponent reaches out and grabs the other one. I have in my pool, and like, my pool's okay, like I got a Jinga Taxis and a Primeval Titan. My, my opponent sitting across from me, first pack is Mana Drain. Second pack <laughs> is Magus of the Moon. Third pack <laughs> is Thoughtseize. Uh, fourth pack is Cryptic Command. <laughs> he's just like he's just like gushing. Like I almost think he's on the verge of tears because he's just like, what is this? And then in like the final pack, he opens like Foil Shieldred, which is an EDH All Star. <laughs> so basically, what you're saying is you picking out of the two deck boxes in front of you, you picking at one of the deck boxes is like you trying to flip a Delver. Yes, exactly. Fail. It's like it's like the the anecdote of the man standing at the crossroads deciding which path to take. I chose the wrong freaking path. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm and sure he was he just like sleep on a bed of foil tarmograve, so I mean it's fair. <laughs> I thought it was uh, English know. Tabernacle. He had a tie and suspenders. <laughs> he, he was wearing a tie and suspenders. He looked quite dapper. That's oh, terrible. Oh, um, I did. O- I did open a Fluster Storm in my first pool too, and that's gone nice. from like ninety dollars to fifty dollars in two player already, which it's which I'm perfectly say, fine with. I mean, it's going to be like EMA all over again. Like yeah. Force dropped like fifty dollars for a week, and then it went back up to ninety. Yeah. You know, like that's where I'm. Wasteland's been hit, but that's beside the point. Fluster Storm's like gonna. People want that card. Like it's yeah. it's gonna go back up. So, oh, yeah. Wasteland's the only card I've really seen that took like a decent hit from any of the masters sets. Like let's be real. Like once cards go up, it's really hard to get them to drop again. I would not be surprised to see a lot of these price drops being temporary, especially because I think people are forgetting that it's two months off and they're what ten, twelve dollar MSRP packs. Yeah. And it's a very $10. limited print run so i don't know how much of an impact this is going to have on prices unfortunately i am still very grateful for wizards finding a way to reprint all these things i feel like the set definitely speaks to their wishes to like listen to us and reprint the stuff we really need in the eternal community but i also think people are overly hopeful um on the secondary market um, in terms of prices, especially because some certain individuals like buying things out and profiting off others, which really is what bothers me at the end of the day, um, and I think is the biggest problem. Are we sure that this is a very limited print run, by the way? I meant to ask. I thought it was. I can't remember where I read it. I could have sworn it was on a wizard site, but if I had a dollar for how much stuff I read every day, I wouldn't be working a full-time job. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't um, heard anything in numbers as far as comparing it to other sets and whatnot, but I wouldn't be surprised to see this like similar to like Modern Masters 2015. Okay. Like yeah. it's probably gonna be more than EMA, but it's gonna be less than like uh, like even like you know lower when it's printed. Cool. Mm-hmm. I'm impressed with the set. It's fun. I'm excited to draft it. I think I think it's gonna be a better draft set than a sealed set personally. Yes, I Agreed. I don't like playing sealed in paper just because it's it's very overwhelming. I like uh, seals, but I preferred draft by far yes well with sealed so i opened my pool and i opened jinga taxis and i'm like oh yeah jinga taxis is awesome i should build my seal pool around this and i start like building the seal pool and then i'm like wait a second jinga taxis is 10 there's a lot of mana rat ramp in this set but still by the time i get him out i'm only gonna have like 20 cards left in my deck and then i'm drawing seven cards a turn this isn't a win condition this is a lose condition <laughs> this isn't a win condition this is a liability yeah exactly um <laughs> Yeah, like I played against a guy that you know drafted like 
Runescar Demon, Primeval Titan, and a few other things that like dig through his deck and pull out cards. And by the time our game was done, which he barely he barely won, but like the time our game was done, he had like six cards left in his deck. Yeah, yeah. It's like I if I read like one Glimpse Unthinkable or like a couple of like Thought Scour and like a Mnemonic Wall or whatever, I could have milled him out no problem. Yeah. Oh, it was definitely even, a real strategy in this format. My uh, and I mean even without them, like that's just something that's hard. Like there's a lot of card draw and there's a lot of opponents running mill, and between the two, it's like pretty easy and limited to like lose your deck in this format. I I can honestly see running like a 45 card, 50 card deck in in this format just because of like how much card draw there is. The games go super long too. It's a very grindy format. Uh, Everyone dis- around disagree about that. Disagree really? That disagree that it's grindy. I want to you tell you said about... you were one of the people who told me it was a grindy format after your game. You took would, you, well, you had like my, a forty-five minute game. That was my first deck. That was my first deck that I built. That was like a three-color trash pile. My second deck I built was like basically. <laughs> listen, my second deck was like I was like oh I could go Mardu in this pool, and then I looked at my deck. I'm like oh no, we're going blue red, basically like a prowess deck. I'm gonna tell you how I finished my final round. I have like <clears throat> I have like Charmbreaker Devils on on the board, which is like a five. Oh. It's a six mana four four, um, and so you get to return at the beginning of your upkeep. You get to return a random instant or sorcery from your graveyard to your hand, which is like which is fine, right? But it gets plus four plus zero um, when you cast an instant or sorcery spell, and so my opponent we're both at like we're both at like thirteen. My opponent like taps out, attacks me with like two two twos, um, and and puts me to like like nine or whatever. And uh, so I have like Charbreaker Devils on on the board, and I have like a Frostlings on board. And I go <laughs> on his turn. I go um, I go to Mark and Mutiny one of his guys, and then I hold priority and then dissolve my Mark and Mutiny to swing for like fifteen to kill him. <laughs> oh was, yeah, uh... I mean that sounds like it was a grindy game plans. overall, and yeah. you had like a combo to kill him. So I'm not sure how that's not grindy. It, it like... was not grindy because it was like it was like turn. It must have been like turn seven, I guess. Yeah, turn, still that's still going well. Like our game, Pat. Uh, I won on turn like twelve when I yes. cast Cru- Crucible of Fire, uh, and then followed it up with like Bladewing the Risen to return Borgadon Halkite into play. And I had like the enchantment, <laughs> I had the like, enchantment that like 24. deals, yeah, it, like the enchantment it gives all flying creatures haste, and then it deals damage target creature or player. Whenever you play a dragon, it deals damage target creature or player equal to the number of dragons you control. So like I return Borgadon Halkite with Bladewing the Risen, plus oh, I had height. Uh, what? Bogarden, please. Bogarden, whatever, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Hypersonic dragon, and then also like the uh, the cons uh, artifact stones that turn into dragons. So like I had oh, all geez. of those, <laughs> and all of those are like return Bogarden, Bogarden, <laughs> uh, Hellkite uh, to play, like ping you for eight, and then attack for for twenty four. Like these are big swingy plays, and it's yeah. like yes, there is a lot of ramp, but like games are going late. Yeah, I, I should. What, what I should also say is that, like, in multiple matches, like, so Pentarch, what is it, Pentarch Charm or Pentarch Prism, whatever it is, the the three mana enchantment that gives your guy pro, gives your creature pro any color and also draws you a card is like super powerful in this set oh, because yeah. there's there's so many like single color flyers. So like if you put if you if your opponent only has like a like a blue flyer and you just give him pro blue, like it it basically like infinite blocks any of their creatures and like their best creature. Um, and also, I found that like life gain in this format was a killer because I've definitely lost. Um, I went, I went, I went like one and one, one and two in my first pool. 
when, and then I went two and one in my second pool. And both my losses in my first pool were because people kept gaining life, like had like like just like incremental life gain throughout every turn. Um, so I found that like that's, there was a few life gain cards that made the grounds go wrong. So maybe that's why I was calling it grindy Jerry because it was definitely uh, I definitely had like games go a lot longer than I'm normally used to them going. Well, yeah, in that match where I got decked, <laughs> it's because she got me down to two, and then I gained enough life to get back up to 15. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Did you so guys this... talk to Tom Smiley or Johnny Carrad on Saturday at Sealed? Uh, I did see uh, Tom yeah. uh, briefly, and we saw Johnny um, earlier in the did day. Did Tom tell you about his first-round match against Johnny Carrad? No. No. <laughs> oh, my God. Johnny's pool was nuts. So Kate and I are waiting in line, and Johnny comes up, he's like, Oh my god! So line. Drew just said, if I don't go XO with this pool, he I have to walk home. And then like he he hands me the deck, I thumb through it. He's got two keg of the Tide Star. He's got Cryptic <laughs> Command. He's got Mana Drain. He's got like Supreme Verdict. And he's got like all the white blue removal and counter magic and like good creature efficient creatures you can possibly hope for in Sealed. He, he was playing crushed a Thomas deck? Smiley. Yeah. yeah. So he he goes like so Tom's on the play. And then Tom's turn three, he tries to tap off for some three-mana thing. Johnny mana drains it, and then plays in third island and casts Kega on, like, turn three or whatever. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, there's nothing I can do here. <laughs> so yet another moment where Thomas Franny made an appearance, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> actually, special thanks to Johnny, because thanks to him donating two of his hard-wound prize wall tickets from defeating Tom, uh, Tom Smiley, <laughs> uh, we were able to get our hands on one of the Hascon exclusive uh, cards they were giving away on the prize wall. Yep, the uh, the little the three-card packs, the magic yeah. promos. They're actually pretty sweet. I like them. The uh, yeah. Sword of Dungeons and Dragons, uh, Grimlock, and uh, what is it, Nerf War? Yeah, I finally, yeah. Opened up, I finally opened up my backpack and started pulling out all the shit I had from Hascon. I got like so much from <laughs> Hascon, it was great. It also had that really sweet dragon token in it, too. Oh, I forgot about the dragon token. You're welcome. Uh, yeah. Well, I think we're going to we're gonna open that up and um, find a way to get it out to the listeners. Yes, for sure. Uh, so, yeah, actually, if people have ideas, if you want us to, uh, you know, run something, uh, let us know. But, uh, yeah, I think we want to give that out to the people. Agreed. Agreed. That's cool. Yeah. They went They went quick, too. Agreed. Have you seen them? Um, you know, they sold out pretty early at the uh, the event. The mats or the well, the mats too. The Grimlock mats. Did you see those? The ones that are going for like two hundred dollars now oh online. You know, it's so are... funny. I waited in line and I bought one Grimlock mat for a friend who I'm gonna get sell to him for what I paid for it because I am I'm not a scalper and I knew the mats were going for a ton, but I refused to buy them to flip because I I hate being right. that guy. If there's plenty of something like those like the three card promos, they did not run out of those. So on Saturday at the end of the day, Aaron and I bought some that we're gonna sell to pay for what we did this weekend. But the mats, oh. I just like couldn't do it. I it just like breaks my heart. I hate I hate flippers. <laughs> and there were people buying like <laughs> before they put the limit on, buying like seven sets of each. And that's why they ran out. And like do not tell me you need like 21 mats because Aaron and I have about that many from playing magic too long and we never use them. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, uh, I meant the cards uh, sold out on the prize wall. Yeah. Oh. Them. The yeah, Grimlock so... card is going for like $70 or like something like that on eBay right now. Yeah. Well, oh, then you're Grimlock. about the Horizon Canopy. Someone sold that for a hundred, uh, for $1,500. Yeah. 
What Horizon? It was a friend. The, they had an oversized Horizon canopy. Oh, that, someone yeah. won it on Friday. And I think it was it, Saturday, but someone had to like they had to like buy people's prize tickets because yeah, or but it, something like that. I think I know because they were making announcements not that you were not allowed to buy and sell prize tickets at the event. <laughs> like there's no way someone should be able to afford this. Yeah, because there were like 250 tickets, and there weren't enough events that had fired. Like they would have had to win every single event that had fired up to that point, and they still would not have had enough to buy it. <laughs> yeah, you'd have been like double queuing all day, like with like insane pools and just crushing people. And even then, I don't think you could have done it because it was like eight ticks for three hours, something like that. And the thing was 250 ticks. Yeah. <clears throat> when, can we talk about the real negative of this whole thing? That awful line. Aaron and I oh, waited in yeah. line for 53 minutes. 53 minutes. Yeah, so it's awful. So definitely, um, I think it had a lot to do with past time. Well, I get apparently the the software wasn't working properly. They had to yes, but it was older software. Their like, software. They right, had yeah, programmed so like, for that weekend. That well, like, failed. Yeah, sorry. I, I think yeah, I know what you're saying, Pat, and I yeah. fully agree. <laughs> the bigger, the bigger issue was that they only had one person. Yes. People uh, what was just, that? Like, makes no sense. Even if you have poor software, if you have like two or three people registering people, the lines will go much quicker. And like having one person registering people in each line was excruciating, and it was like 200 lines, person lines. Yeah, and resulted in the lines backing up almost to the entrance doors, and it was it was just completely unnecessary. It was a, a an exa- excellent example as to why people don't like pastimes and think that they run a subpar subpar events. I was not that like the only negative I really came across came away from with from the weekend was how pastimes like organized that that event. At least how they had their their event running. Um, they also had like a new like casual pairings like a casual event. I don't know how you describe it, Kate. You're a judge. You would know better than I would. But they did. I'm um, not a judge. Full disclosure, I've run events, but I'm not a judge. Okay, so, but you would know more about this than I would, for sure. Like, so they She's had, a tournament organizer. Yeah, sure. So, <laughs> so they had um, untimed rounds. Um, they had, you played, like, a single game. Uh, you got a free mulligan. There was no pairing sheet. So you would kind of, like, get your pool, build your deck, find someone, say, do you want to play? Play one, one match with them. Play one game with them. You would go up to the judges as a pair. Tell them who won, who lost, and they're on your card. The judge would sign it, and then you'd go find another person. Um, how, how did you guys feel about that style for like something I like a sealed event? Terrible. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was horrible too. Like you, you're making like you're making nerds interact socially. Like, what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> I mean, Why would you I do mean, that? I will. Like, I, mean, I have to go even talk to people in person and then like get another match going. No. Mm-hmm. Like, How you're, horrible. I get, so, yeah. I get you're being facetious, but honestly, that was the end result. You ended up with a bunch of just socially awkward people milling around, not really knowing what to do. And I was just like, hey, so, you're just yeah. standing there. You want to come play with me? You, you look uncomfortable over oh, there. Come, come so sit like, down. Oh, it's okay. The other awkward thing is you lose, the moment you lose round one, there was two different banners. There was like the orange banner or whatever where the winners would go. To find their pairing. They, they gave up on explaining that. And then that there was, was the gray banner. <laughs> yeah, well, then there was the gray banner where the losers would go to find their pairing. <laughs> like, if you're a winner, you go here. If you're a loser, you go here. Hey, I went 5-1 and one all weekend. I was yeah, in the no, winner's circle. Did, so, well. so, for me, the big my big issue with that is, like, I, 
I don't want to go up to a complete stranger at a magic tournament and ask them to play a game with me. I much prefer when I am assigned who to play against because I never know the attitude the person across from me is going to have about women. And now that might sound like kind of crazy, but like real life problem. And if I'm at least assigned it by a judge, I feel at least a little more empowered when having to deal with the situation. Now I just didn't play against people I didn't know all weekend. Uh, But it honestly just, it made me really uncomfortable. Now, if it was somewhere where I knew more people, if it was at my LGS, I don't think I'd give two craps, but in a giant room full of people where sometimes I definitely overheard things I didn't want to be listening to. Uh, yeah, I don't like it. Not one bit. Yeah. Not so drunk, I not also, sober. So, I, also so, did, I just want to say, I also did not like the one match, uh, the one game match structure. Um, you know, I, I wanted to, like, I know Iconic Masters was casual, but like, I wanted to be able to like play the games out, you know, see what the decks do, and not just be a victim of like, oh, you got a poor draw, or oh, your opponent just curved out and steamrolled you. Um, so <clears throat> I think what the idea was, and I can't remember who I was talking to from Wizards about this, but this is the sense that I got was that like new players can be intimidated by like a pairings board. Uh, it does stretch events to be pretty long when you have to wait for every single person around to finish their game to wait to, to like wait for your next pairing. It was nice to like it was nice to be able to play three. It was basically like playing a like MTG Arena, but in paper in the sense that like it was like quick fire. You could just find an opponent, sit down, play the game, play a single game, go report your standing, go report your you know your results. Go play another game right away. Like in in an ideal world, I think it would work out well. But in the sense that the event was so large, I think it actually made it more difficult because it was a lot of like walking back and forth and trying to find opponents. Where like I I totally agree with Kate. Like at my LGS, it would be awesome because like I could like say, Jerry, I'm gonna challenge you, and like Aaron, I want to play you. Kate, I want to play you. And like those. And I would say you have to get three wins under your belt before you can even think about asking (laughs) me to play. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, but, um, room would laugh. But I, but I can see like if it was like a pre-release, I would love that format at a pre-release because I don't want to be in a pre-release for fucking six hours to play three <laughs> rounds. You know what I mean? Like I Hell don't want to do that. To the yes. Um, like I would like to play four matches in under an hour. Like that's how I want to play my my magic, especially at a pre-release where like I just want to get my hands on the new cards, play as many games as possible, and, and call it a day. Like if you get stuck with a bad like a bad pool and you have to grind through like you have to get take six like if you go zero and three, you've taken six losses on the day and that feels bad. But if you go zero and three in this format, you've literally only gone zero and three in games and it doesn't feel as bad. I feel. Um, I don't know. I I liked the idea of it. I just think it was executed poorly, and I think that's yeah. mainly because the event was a little too large for the way that they were running it for that kind of format. And also, like, they weren't super clear with how it was going. Um, and then finally, it was just, I don't know, it just, it was past times, and it felt like the, the execution of it was just not very good. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. agree. I don't think that the, I don't think the combination of the long-ass lines combined with a tournament style that most people didn't seem to like, despite loving the actual set itself, um, it was just not a good combination. I think by the time... Like, people actually got to, like, signed up for an event and, like, ready to play their opponents. I don't know about you, but I was like, Jesus Christ, like, I'm done. And on top of it, you guys, too, I mean, we were all working really hard to be reporting. Like, I was live tweeting a lot of stuff Friday and Saturday. And I was, I mean, I I don't even want to talk about how much I slept on Sunday when I was supposed to go back down to, to Providence for more HasCon stuff. So, 
yeah, I it was much, it was a bit too much. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, that's all I really have to say about about iconic masters. Was there anything else you guys wanted to add before we moved on? Uh, no, I'm ready to talk about that sweet VIP party. Yeah, that was well, super fun. <laughs> yeah. Props to props to uh, uh, to hipsters for getting us in that because Jerry and I You're were welcome. not originally planning on going to that, but that ended up being, to be quite honest, like the highlight of my weekend. It was. Oh super my god, awesome. it was so fun. You can thank me for that. <laughs> And by me, I mean trick, because I spent my entire weekend asking for favors all weekend from Wizards, and they really helped us out. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was that was super awesome. Um, I, I mean, we don't have to talk about it too much, but it was just a good party. Uh, got a chance to talk with Elaine for a while. We got to hang out with Liz uh, for a while from Wizards as well. Uh, got a chance <laughs> to rub elbows with the Professor and with Maro, and it was just it was just awesome. It was like all these people who I interact with very briefly on Twitter. Uh, got a chance to really kind of have a long conversation with them, and uh, it was awesome. I really enjoyed it. Well, apparently we need to edit it. Yeah, no, I mean, like, I had a really great time at, at the party. I have nothing negative to say. I got to really spend some time with Elaine and talk to her, which was fantastic for me because she's a big role model for me. And um, I really got to give a shout-out to all of the Wizard staff because um, – I, I just had a really good time, and I really liked chatting with everyone. Gavin was great, and, and Maro and everybody. I had a good time. Nice. Yeah. Also, that amazing cake. Did you yeah, know, that was, guys? That was crazy. Yeah. They, they baked five cakes, all five different colors, all iced as uh, the different colors of magic, and then they all had candy cards, like <laughs> actual size like, made out of, like, sugar sheets almost, cards yeah. printed and placed on it. <laughs> yeah, it was great. It was really great. Um, uh, I, I watched the professor just munch down on Shivan Dragon. <laughs> yeah, that was great. <laughs> um, was there anything else you guys wanted to talk about? Like, any other magic-related stuff? Any notable purchases you made over the weekend? There wasn't a... I didn't do... I did absolutely zero vending. There were some vendors there, but I wasn't into... I wasn't there for that. Um, yeah, well, I mean... There was just so much at Hascon. Like, we didn't even, like, scratch the surface about half the, half the things we did. Just, like, real quick, just, like, the Star Wars exhibit was amazing. Uh, the Marvel exhibit with all the costumes. They had all, like, the Transformers toys. They had, like, displays of, of the toys from, like, 1970 that you could, like, see them in the case. And they were, like, they had all these, like, dioramas set up where they, like, took their different action figures and, like, uh, recreated scenes from the movies using the action was, figures. That was pretty ball, like, yeah. Like, like, there was probably a good, like, 30 of them scattered around Hascon, yeah. and you could honestly just spend, like, 30 minutes just, like, looking around, looking at all, like, the things set up, because they were really well done. There was so much more there than I expected, too. That's the yes. one thing I wanted to say about it. Like, before, you know, in the weeks leading up to, we're like, uh-oh, Hascon's on Groupon, oh, half off tickets, like, <laughs> oh, no, this is going to be a train wreck. And we got there, and, and like, it was awesome. It was really great. I mean, it was a little confusing getting our badges and stuff. Um, it was a little bit of walking around. I think we took I... the longest, like the most circuitous <laughs> route to the entrance we could have from where we yeah. parked. Uh, because I... walking out, we were like directly next to the door to walk yeah. in. <laughs> but... We basically walked like a mile a mile around the arena when if we had just taken a left instead, it would have been like a two-minute walk. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I, I think that was just kind of growing pains. Like, keep in mind, this was the first Hascon, and right. I was really, really nervous because usually when these big events are the first time, they're learning a lot of stuff, but I think Hasbro really nailed it with this one. Yeah, I totally There were agree. growing pains, like, lines and, like, 
signs weren't really set up where they should be. But like for a first <laughs> event, I was very impressed. I was super impressed, and like I, I mean, all the all the Hasbro stuff was great. They had like a ton of Nerf stuff there. They had Star Wars stuff there. Which oh, the Nerf arena. Even, the Nerf arena was cool. They never even talked about having Star Wars stuff there. And that right, and there was so much. Yes, yeah, there really was. And they had like the land. They had the land speeder, uh, like yep. from A New Hope, with like Billy D. Williams and like all the actors' signatures all and, over the land speeder. Yeah, actual BB-8, actual R2D2, like it was super cool. Uh, costumes from the movies and stuff, like it was, it was awesome. Um, I can't yeah. say enough good things about about Hascon, and um, I think it was, it was definitely well worth going down. I'm really glad I went. I really hope that they do it. Really, do I'm it. already excited for next year. I, I don't see them sure. not doing it. Well, also because like it looked like it was a success. The place was packed. Yeah, but right. it was like. Not too much. Like I, so real quick, Wizards had to decide between doing this or doing PAX, and obviously they chose Hascon. I went to PAX, and I thought Hascon was ten times better than PAX. Yeah, like, times, remember, that's understatement. Oh yeah, an understatement exactly. Like I went to PAX, I spent eight hours there, and I got to do maybe three things because it was literally nothing but lines. Right. This there was a lot of people, but it was very manageable. Things went quick. You got to experience things. So and this was this I will say this as like this is my first ever con that I went to and like even though I was definitely going for magic because a lot of the things that we did were magic adjacent or at least like nerd adjacent it was it was really really enjoyable and like we also got to play like Jerry and I were playing like this kids game where you like we have went this to gymnast, like, the, like yeah we were in like the preschooler section and we're playing with like the toys that are on display and we were and like you'd think we'd be owning these games but we were getting destroyed by these games like one of them was, was a hard... gymnast you got like flip him around this bar and then he like dismounts and you have to land and like I'm flipping 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 I go to dismount and he just like falls directly beneath the bar it was... <laughs> meanwhile there's like a four year old just like like sticks to landing crushing it crushing it so um, it was it was awesome it was really fun um, it was definitely had a very family friendly atmosphere which was cool too so um, yeah it was great um, was there anything else you guys want to say about that I know we have a bunch of listener questions I want to get to those before we start going yeah. too long here tonight. I feel we could do like no you totally covered all the good shit awesome <laughs> Awesome. All right, so uh, we're going to get to the questions now. Um, I'll just go read them off, and we'll, we'll take turns answering them. Uh, so William uh, Moore asked, how was the Magic, Ar- Magic Arena demo? Uh, we got to talk about the MTG Arena demo. I think we all were very high on it. I think we're really excited to see where it goes. Uh, I don't know if anyone else wants to add anything, but we had a pretty good long segment we covered about that. that. Yeah. No, I think we covered that pretty thoroughly. Uh, it was so awesome. Dominic asks, uh, how was Morrow? Did you see any of the concerts? What was the proportion of MTG to other properties? How was Arena? So, Morrow, I mean, I, Jerry and I got to meet Morrow. He was exactly as you expect. Yeah, he really is. It was Super the funniest geeky. interaction because, like, we, we're, we're, like, running for our iconic Masters draft. And we're passing by the Dunkin' Donuts, and Morrow's just, like, in line for the Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> and so we're like, oh, we got we to gotta talk to Morrow. <laughs> so we go over to him, we're like, uh, hello, Morrow? He's like... Oh, yes. How's it going? And then, I don't know if it was like a Starstruck moment, but we just all just like didn't say anything for 30 <laughs> seconds. And just stared at each other, and he's just like, so do you want a picture or something? Yeah. <laughs> That's so so. It was, it was pretty great. Um, so... It, so he was he was super nice. He had a great. Uh, he he made a great toast at the uh, at the party, mm. uh, which mm. was cool. Um, I didn't watch any of the concerts. I had zero interest in seeing Flo Rida. I don't know if any. They I were. Know, I they could not give it. those tickets away. <laughs> yeah, I know. Grigley went. He was seemed pretty excited for it. So 
Did anyone else see the float ride a meet and greet? Because that was hilarious. It was in the middle of the first floor, like in that big hallway, right when you walked in. And they were trying to like, it was right next to the exit. So they were trying to like control people going over by it. But I didn't even realize he was there and people were blocking the exit. So I just yelled at a bunch of people to move. And then I looked like, and I mean like yelled at people to move. I was just like, excuse me, move. There's an exit here. And I look and there's like four cops and four security guards. And I look up and float riders sitting up there signing autographs <laughs> and i'm realizing the reason it's blocked off is because like the line to the autograph he's like right there and yeah. the line to the autographs is next to the exit but who does that who puts the line to autographs next to the exit i had to leave i wanted to get my play-doh and go <laughs> <laughs> yeah but, there, there was some like weird setups like me and pat accidentally snuck back into the event because <laughs> oh, yeah, we, <laughs> we just like you just if you walk anywhere like you have a purpose. Like, if you I, I just walk and I just purposely look annoyed so people don't uh, don't like interfere with me and we walked right through security and went in through the back door it was great. Yeah, because me, yeah. me and Pat left to go get dinner and then we like came back in and we're like, hey, can we get in this way? And some guy like sweeping. I was like, I don't know. Yeah, just go that way. Yeah. <laughs> so we walked we, we walked through and then all of a sudden we're we're like in the event and we're like, oh. We didn't like go through anything. We're just here now. <laughs> like we just walk walk past some curtains. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, also, also, Dominic did ask what was the proportion of MTG to other properties, and Magic had like its own floor. Like it had like a um, a mezzanine style floor between other floors. Um, so they had their own like kind of area it, there, which was cool. It I definitely mean, there felt was like other stuff can... up there. It was mostly Magic, but IDW. It was like Magic and, and Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, I wish I got a chance to go do the Dungeons and Dragons stuff. But I was so busy with Magic. There and, was, and... Yeah, there was so much to do, so little yeah. time. Um. So, but I think that was definitely the, the con experience. It, it, there it felt like a... there to make it to make it feel like a Magic event, but it, you could also it, go do other stuff. It felt mm. like a convention within a convention. Like if yes, you just wanted totally. to go and just do Magic, you could totally do yes. that. If you yeah. wanted to do magic and go downstairs and experience the other stuff, you could also do that. It, it felt like something that was the size of, like, an SCG Open inside something that was the size of, like, uh, you know, like a larger, just nerd convention style. I mean, um, Aaron and I were there 11 a.m. on Friday till what time we were there on Saturday? Like, 8 p.m. maybe? And then we were there on that. Saturday from 8.30 a.m. to, oh, God, 11 at night. And at no point did I feel like I was lacking in things to do. And I was oh, definitely totally. considering going back on Sunday. Like yeah. I had such a good time. Like the minute I walked in the door, I got really lucky where the very first event, which was the, like the iconic masters, uh, like big announcement thing they were doing on Friday morning. They ended up turning into a game show. I got lucky where I got pulled on stage. And I just, from there, it just like somehow I was like, things can't get better after this, and then somehow it did. I was like, I started my day on a um, game show where Morrow was. I was on Morrow's team, and then it literally somehow only got better. I, you can't get me to say anything bad about that. Nice. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, and he did ask how was MTG Arena. We kind of already went over that. Um, yeah, so, we can skip over the questions. Yeah. Uh, Mark, we we Mark said asked, it, Pat. Yeah, sorry. Uh, so let's see other questions that weren't asked. So Dominic asked what I opened. I did open like I think my best cards like a Flush Storm. A prime time Mishra's bauble, um, one of the lands from Future Sight, or one of the two Future Sites. So nothing crazy good, but I definitely got like my roughly my value in my pool back. Um, Scott, and this is something that I guess Jerry can't talk to, but I guess I guess I'm, wow, wait, 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 the, the salt of the wounds. You skipped I'm gonna go over get Calvin. A drink. What's that? Oh, skipped uh, over Calvin. 
Oh, was it worth going? I value Jerry Punt. Was it worth going? Yeah, the, Should the future fun thing we won't even talk about. We're not discuss. But was it worth... Oh, fun. I, I, didn't, I didn't punt. 110% worth going. Yeah. Uh, should future pre-release and spoilers be done this way? Like, as in, like, no advanced warning? I think for, like, master sets, sure. But for, like, standard sets, I think it's probably nice to have the spoiler season. But because they've... It feels like they've amped up the production. They have so many master sets coming coming out. So many standard sets that are coming out now. It feels like we're getting spoilers, like, every few weeks. So mm-hmm. it was really nice to not have a print for for uh, iconic masters and maybe for the master sets they because that and, makes it well, I think it's a good balance. I mean and they're super aware. They I mean they've said and I talked to them about this over the weekend. It's their 25th anniversary year. So there's a ton of crap coming out right now. They're super aware of that and they don't they already know they're like really overwhelming all of us with how much cool stuff they're releasing. Yeah. And it was pretty obvious that they did it this way as like a hey, this is actually a fun good idea for the fans, but it also will not overwhelm them as much and i thought that was great and i honestly really liked being there for the way they did spoil the spoilers that came out before the actual event i i had such a good time i yeah i'm just gonna keep gushing so you can move on (laughs) yeah it was it was super great i again i did not expect it to be so great um uh, scott asked how to compare how was it compared to vegas i think we sort of covered that like it was it felt like a small magic event inside, like, a larger... I mean, to me, at least, inside a convention. Yeah. There was plenty of magic stuff to do all day long if you wanted to do it. It was nice, also, that it was really focused on, for the most part, like, casual formats. Like, this, the sealed format of, of Iconic Masters. And I think they were also running, like, Commander Pods. And I think yep. I think that might have been it. They also did, like, um, Anniversary Drafts or whatever. So, But, like, all pretty much casual formats. Um so you could definitely play all day magic all day long. You could play magic like Jerry and I did. We did like the one o'clock and five o'clock pools, um, and that was really fun. Um, but in comparison to Vegas, I found it to be actually probably more enjoyable, only in the sense that like because it was didn't have to casual, walk fifteen miles. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we weren't we weren't walking we we weren't walking literally like seven or eight miles per day, but also like it had the feel of a casual event. Even though it was like a big event, like there was a lot of people there, and it had the feel of a casual event. It was very low pressure, very low stakes. Um, I wasn't carrying like you know three thousand dollars worth of cards in my backpack. I had like literally empty deck boxes and like iconic masters stuff that I opened and product I that would, I bought. I would not want to play at a competitive event in this structure. Like, no, I really God, no. Well, no. This, <laughs> I think they made it very clear that this is not intended right. for competitive right. events. Oh, this definitely. is like yeah. this is like the casual REL. This, this is, is the magic convention. This is meant to be fun. People have asked for. Yeah, this is meant to be fun. This is meant to make wizards like super accessible. I mean, I could not believe how accessible every single staff member of Wizards was. Oh, yeah. They yeah. were they were there to answer every question, help you with <laughs> anything you needed. They chat. I had the best time. I made so many friends. Like I I couldn't believe how many yeah. new friends i walked away with this weekend i was like oh i'll hopefully get a couple interviews i did not think oh i'm gonna make friends with all these people which i legitimately could say i did you could you could go up in the main hall and ask trick who's the head of the you know community management uh for all of wizards of the coast and he would teach you how to play magic yeah he was just there there. teaching brand new people to play magic when we turn around we see trick like this is a basic forest. And like, that's super cool, right? 
<laughs> that's super cool, but I feel like you're too important for that. But that's awesome that you're but, out there doing that. Well, I think I think like that they they truly believe in like the mission, the goal, yes. like the mission of Wizards, and like it was it was you know a lot of these people you kind of interact with on Twitter like in a very roundabout way. You see a lot of their like you see read a lot of their articles, you see their videos and whatnot. Um, and it, it is a really um, eye-opening experience, I think, to get a chance to talk to people from Wizards, meet the people who are behind the game, how passionate they are about putting out the best product that they absolutely can. Like, it, they were so gracious and so welcoming and so open and like available. It was really, really, really cool to see. Um, it, it made me like, it made me want to go to do more things like this in particular. This particularly, like not. Just go to GPs and go to SCG Opens, but going to things where, like, Wizards employees will because they were so great yeah. to be around. Because it wasn't even just about, like, Morrow or Lane or Trek. And, like, those people are great. Like, we know them. They're, like, pretty well-known people. But it was also, like, Liz and Steve, who, like, I hadn't really mm. heard of them before, which I think is, like, I don't think we would expect. But, like, they were some of the nicest people, took time out of their day. Like, yep. we, like when we were going down waiting for our meeting with Elaine, uh, we went over to, like, the Jace statue. They had this massive life-size Jace statue. And we're just like, oh, hey, would you mind uh, uh, would you mind uh, taking our picture? And she goes, oh, yeah, sure. And then we start talking to her. And we're like, oh, you work for Wizards? Oh, you flew out? Like, oh, this, this, and this. Like, And she spent, like, 20 minutes, half an hour just, like, talking to us mm-hmm. and, like, just talking about magic. It was awesome. Yep. It was super cool. Yeah, it was really great. Um, I can't say enough, like enough good things about the Wizards people that we met, um, and how how awesome they were. So uh, it was it was awesome. Uh, Scott also asks if Grimlock was legal, would you play in Legacy? I don't even know what Grimlock does at the card. No, itself. he turns <laughs> into a dinosaur. Is all you need to know, Naya? <laughs> yeah, all you need to know is he's one red, green, white. I that those are not colors yeah, that you want. It's to play one in Naya, dinosaurs, Transformers, <laughs> and something else you get gets like plus one, plus one. Plus two plus like zero. Plus two plus zero. Dinosaurs, vehicles, yeah. and other transformers. That's it. Uh, That's... So, uh, Vincent, a kid who we actually got to meet while we were at uh, Hascon, so it was awesome to meet. He asked me if I'm going to upgrade the Wizards de- uh, Commander deck uh, that was made by the, the Laboratory Maniacs. He, he, the professor had it on his channel as well, so I, I ended up getting. Uh, Jerry donated a few of his tickets to me, uh, and I won enough tickets myself to uh, to purchase one of the Commander decks um, from from the event there. So I, I picked up the Wizards deck, and uh, I had I had to get him into EDH somehow, guys. Yes, <laughs> so, this is like the perfect way to get me EDH because now it's just a deck, and I can just sleeve it up and I can play it and put it away, and I don't have to worry about it. Like it's exactly what I wanted. So um, there's like a a guide to make it more competitive and stuff. So I'll probably take it. I, I took a look at it today. I will probably take another look at it and see what I want to add to the deck. But I'm just excited to have a commander deck to like go play casual commander with my friends. And like if I absolutely hate it, like it cost me eight tickets at a. At you screwed a up. You should have gotten the dragon deck. That deck's it, actually pretty good out of the box. It was sold the, out. The dragon deck wasn't oh, were there. They? It was either cats or wizards. So oh, get oh cats, man. Nah, well, so the guy's like, uh, out of the box, the cats is the easiest to play. I was like, look, I play Legacy. He's like, then you're going to want the wizards deck. I'm like, perfect. <laughs> cats, dude, cats. The cats, I, I, I actively dislike cats as a. As I an animal, actively so. dislike you right, right now. Uh, by the way, I will mention Pat does have the sweetest dog that I got to meet this weekend. <laughs> when <laughs> you were drunk, uh, also, also, also Pat's kids. Pat. Also Pat's kids. But the dog was super sweet. <laughs> Pat, you live like ten minutes from us. How the heck have I never met your dog? I know. I have the best dog. He's super nice. When are we coming over? When are you cooking me dinner? 
Uh, I, mean, I, made, I made Jerry breakfast before we went to Hascom. He, he did make what? me an excellent breakfast. It was delicious. Yeah, but what Jerry also there? probably spooned him, so... I did. I, what did I make? I made, like, I made chocolate pancakes, and I made scrambled eggs, and I made some homemade uh, home fries. I'm not big on scrambled eggs, but I'll take the rest, and you can yep. borrow Aaron for a night. <laughs> Uh, I'll, I'll hang out with Pat's kids. They uh, they showed me every toy that they own. It was great. <laughs> like, How many I times did you try to up, steal Jerry? I woke up, I like sat up on the couch, and Liam and Luke came out, and they proceeded to one by one go into their toy room, take a toy, come out, explain it to me, put it in my lap, go back into the toy room, grab another toy, come out, explain this, it to me. So the fact that I have like 10 pounds of plastic in my lap by the end of it. This was at 6.30 in the morning, by the way. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, is this when you are like still drunk the night before? Because you were pretty drunk on that Doomsday cast, buddy. Yeah, that well, which, by the way, we haven't even talked about that, but we will never do that again. Yeah, oh my god, that was awful. That was terrible. Hey, Pat, that was totally your choice, by the way. I just want to say that, make that clear. What, Doomsday? On stream, you're like, this was not my choice. It was never my choice to play Doomsday. Okay, you made a poll. You didn't lock the <laughs> options to add an option to the poll, knowing that your 90% of your listener base are trolls. <laughs> now, as a result of that, you had one of your troll listeners add Doomsday as an option. As a result one. of that, you had like 20, like 20 people and vote for that, and like a couple people vote for everything else. <laughs> so you really chose that by not... Realizing who your listeners were. So let's move on. Let's see. Was the convention uh, for someone who only care about magic as far as what's offered at the convention? Was the convention worth the asking price for tickets? Was it worth the Groupon price for tickets? We were all there on press passes as a full disclosure, which right. means we got in for free. Yes. Full disclosure. Yeah. Um, we were lucky I'm- enough to have Blizzard's sponsors basically sponsor us to go. They said yes, we'd love to have you. Here are some press badges. Thank you Which for coming. I, well, I technically, we all, the, all the different. I love all the different badges had different like Hasbro uh, products on them. My and, little freaking. <laughs> yeah, the press ones were my little pony. So in all the pictures, me and Pat are just like wearing uh, little squares with like little ponies on them. It's great. I swear <laughs> to God, they did that on purpose. I swear so, to God. So um, but rough. so was it worth it? I I don't I. I'm so wait, really first cheap. of all, so, all right, so the so, so regular the price was, was what sixty dollars, right? It was yeah. sixty dollars. So it's sixty dollars to go pay sixty dollars, which is why I'm a little like balking. I think mm-hmm. if you're going just for magic, oh, I don't know, man. It depends on who you are and, and if you well, have acceptable that, income. <laughs> and that's the th- that's the thing. Like I like my I would say no, with the caveat of being this. I did go there just for magic, and I found myself doing a lot of other things that I really. Do you know right. what I'm saying? Like, like I went the there specifically first... to, to do to yeah. do like magic and play magic, and there was so much other cool stuff there that it was super enjoyable. Now, would I pay sixty dollars for that? Perhaps. Would I pay thirty dollars for that in a heartbeat? Yeah, yes, in a heartbeat. Yeah. Um, is it something I would fly to? It depends on how much the like the adjacent things I enjoyed. Like you um, have you have to be into other things, but there is right. plenty of other things to be into. Yeah, like definitely. If, like if magic is your soul and lifeblood, and all you ever do is sleep, wake up, and you know live magic, then you might not you know enjoy it. But if you like Star Wars, Transformers, Marvel. Nerf, like even just Nerf guns, like the Nerf arena where they have like a giant, almost like paintball arena where you could grab a Nerf gun and go in there and just like shoot your friends. Like or, there was so children. much cool stuff. Too. Yeah, you know? I was gonna say my only regret is I didn't go on there and like crush children. Got you the know, chain gun to the five year old. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so, um, and if you're flying there, like, again, I think if you're going for a few days, um, and you're doing some of the adjacent things, it's definitely worth it, but, like, it's, it's not like a GP style where you're, where you're trying to make, it's like, basically, it's like basically being at a, at a, at a, an LGS all day to play events and also getting to do some other fun things. Honestly, um, given the way Pat just described that, like, it's not like a GP we're trying to make day two, unless you know you're making day two of GP, I would recommend Hascon over GP any day of the week any day of the year yeah. oh yeah totally. because if you if you don't know you're making day two like if you're a good player and you generally make day two of gps obviously you're gonna go to gp first but if you can just go to hascon have fun for the first day have fun for the second day have fun for a third day and it costs roughly what it costs to travel to a gp mm-hmm. uh, you know obviously despite buying things right. like if you got if you have x if you have the money set aside if you know that this convention's happening and you have the money set aside this is like this was ten thousand times better than GP Vegas for me personally. Yeah, I, and I got to play Legacy at GP Vegas. Yeah, I got to play Legacy for two days, and like, yes, this was this was more enjoyable than Vegas. It was also like a really good place to meet people from Wiz, which like mm. that is not available at any other GP or any other event that I've been to. There's no one from Wiz there, so I mean, even cool. not just Wizards. I mean, just like other people oh, yeah. in Magic. I mean, we got to meet Sam from Kitchen Table. Oh, yeah. oh, which, by and- the way, Sam like. Solid so 10. Nice. So Solid nice. 10. That man, oh my that, that, gosh. That, Sam, he's, love you. He's amazing. Like, super passionate content creator. Does amazing stuff. We're actually going to have him as a guest on the cast in a few weeks. Um, I love the guy. He was amazing. Um, I just uh, want his energy, though. That kid. <laughs> I am just... He is like a ball of pure, positive energy, and I just want all of it. Everyone I just want all of like, it. He's just saw his firstborn, like, born. Like, he's, like, so excited. It's amazing. <laughs> Um, all right, so let's move on to, through some of these. Um, Josh asked, why do we chill with Stan Lee? It's because That's Stan Lee, is a thie- he's a thieving bastard and nobody cares about him or should care about <laughs> him. Oh, hey, uh, uh, you shut your mouth. Uh, the real answer is I would love to have hang out with Stan Lee, but there honestly just wasn't time. Like, yeah. we were packed. Yeah. Um, my losing face is cute because I'm an adorable man. Aw, uh, that is cute. Is Jerry, Lee, <laughs> is Jerry secretly a Watsy spy? I mean, Jerry doesn't do anything of value, so he couldn't be a spy. Uh, Unless it's an elaborate need, cover. <laughs> Kate does indeed rule the stage like a boss, and Celso wasn't there because they Whoa. don't have bears in Rhode Island. Whoa, so. you were not even there, and I bet you did not even watch the video when I was on the stage, so let's let's not throw shade. You don't even I know said, what you're talking about. I said you do rule the stage like a boss. Oh, I thought you said doesn't. Oh, I'm nope. sorry. I'm going to go okay. crawl back in my hole now. <laughs> yeah, so let's just not talk crap that we don't know. Uh, let's see. Anything else on here that's Mostly, it, Most of the questions for the stage, by the way, for the panel were standard questions. Kate was oh confused. God. It was, was so weird. awful. Well, so it was weird the, seeing her confused. At what was the, the first question was planeswalkers, which I did, like list. They wanted us to list all the planeswalkers, which I did fine on. I keep a nice pocket full of planeswalkers, though we ran out real quick when forgetting. Like we could remember the obscure ones, but not the easy ones. The second no question one was Soren. What or too? Narset. Come on, man. We were on a stage. I did not expect this. I, it Do was... you remember that Narset was supposed to change legacy forever? <laughs> hey, I remember Kaya, me, me and Jerry's homegirl. Um, oh, but then yeah. the second question was name all the creature types from Hour of Devastation and Amonkhet. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, God, cat, zombie. Mummy. <laughs> That's all Is I got. I, yeah. I, 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 so so right so it's going around it's going around and we're all taking i'm on maro's team there's three people per and then like a watsy person per team and it was gavin elaine and maro for the team leaders and it's going around and it comes back to us and all of us are like even maro maro 
freaking head of R&D is drawing a blank, right? And <laughs> like so I turned him, I know. So I turned to him and I go, were there spirits in this set? Because I'm like, zombies, mommies, spirits, I don't fucking know. And he goes, oh, yeah, there were spirits. Say it. And I go, spirits. Oh it God, was that's fucking right. wrong. There's <laughs> no <laughs> And no I'm like, Carl, man, you She immediately threw, threw him under the bus. I was going to say, do you feel that immediately. <laughs> immediately, Kate goes, he lied to me. He told me there were spirits in this set. Literally, that's her exact words. When Kate goes down in flames, she's taking you with her. <laughs> I was like, I don't care that you're Morrow, you lied to me. I, I trusted you, Morrow. I trusted oh, so you. Funny. But then the last question was name all the artists who are named on a card from Beta. Morrow owned that one. <laughs> he literally owned that. But I was like, I got like two. Like, Chris. <laughs> Chris Rush, and I knew one more on Friday, and that was about all I had. Yeah, that was it. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, Morrow named, like, 15. It was crazy. All right. Um. So, final question, Anthony Aguilar. This is something we could probably talk about for a couple minutes. Um. What do the Iconic Masters reprints mean for the health of the... Does this indicate a repeal of the reserve list within the next two years? I don't I don't think this indicates anything, personally. I don't think it signals a repeal of the reserve list because it doesn't touch anything that's on the reserve list. Um... This is my article for Thursday or Friday. Oh, great. So we will direct <laughs> them to that. Um, but just quickly, I don't think that it... I mean, I think reprints are great for the game. I think. I, I don't think there's any reason why Flush the Storm should be $90. And I own a Flush the Storm. And if it goes to 20 bucks, I'm still going to be happy because that card should be $90 to begin with. Um, no, I think that uh, reprints only mean... Uh, more accessibility for people. Uh, unfortunately, you know, they haven't had the impact on prices that in the long term that we've wanted, but I think it shows Wizards does have a dedication to Eternal players and has us in mind. So I'm not going to be complaining about them. They're just going to be getting high fives from me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think, like, uh, even Tarmogoyf is now, like, $50. So... That seems a lot more reasonable than $120 yeah. when I first started playing back in 2014. Well, it depends on the printing. Some of the printings yeah, are still... Did you fairness. say 50 Where are you seeing yeah. $50 yeah, Tarmogoyf? I'm looking at TCG Player right now. 2017 are like... Yeah, yeah was Masters? No, this is near Mint. Um, no, like 2017 is like actually pretty low because the print run was much higher than the other EMA. Yeah, or the other I, I also, and stuff. For what it's worth, I also think that... They have become a lot better at choosing cards to reprint to make them actually in full reprints. Mm. Um, so I don't know. I think I think that if they keep doing these master sets, I hope they do a couple a year. I think they're great. I think it's uh, something that like <laughs> someone like Jerry and I can actually like play. Like actually, all four of us, something that we're all more inclined to play than like say a standard set. I think a couple of years like way too heavy personally. I would love to see this like once every. I think something like iconic masters every couple of years like that's fine. And, like, for, like, Modern Masters EMA, like, yeah, release one of those sets every year, like, maybe, like, well, an EMA every two years, and Modern Masters every other I, year, whatever. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, if you do if you do Modern Masters every year, an EMA every year, an Iconic Masters every year, that's, well, or, like, so, every other year. You're so, a, I think a good balance months. is, like, one every nine months. The way I'm looking at it is, so, like, Iconic Masters reprinted stuff like Mana Drain, not on the reserve list, but an old card where the price is ridiculous. Like, it's not ridiculous for a bad reason. It's a really powerful card. And then, like, EMA has stuff like Force of Will, like Tarmogoyf, like Wasteland, or whatever. And then Modern Masters has stuff like Splinter Twin, and, like, you know, like, maybe Shocklands, or Fetchlands, or whatever, you know? Like, each set should have, like, a certain type of cards that they tend to reprint. Like, Cog Masters should continue to reprint these old, not-reserved lists, 
like staples in some formats. Yeah. Every totally. two years or so, or like every three years, and like Eternal Masters every other year, and My Masters every year, something like that. Like that, you know? Like I would be fine if they had like if if once every other year, or like say once every three years, they had. One year that was EMA, one year that was Iconic Masters, one year that was Modern Masters, or something of that sense. And they, yeah. if, I think if they, I think if a master set came out every six months, I think that would be fine. Like if you got two of them a year, I think oh. it'd be more than enough. I think six months with the like standard sets coming out, I think it's too much. I think, but I think every those, those nine, are different, every those nine are different, months, because you're those are different audiences. It doesn't matter that it's audiences. different audiences. People yes, they still have months. a limited amount that they can print. People pat. only have so have much money they can print. They can't just sense. buy up every printing press in the country and like release every card that ever known to man like six, think, every six do you, months. Do you like, actually think that what's holding Wizards back from printing more sets is that there's not enough printers out there? Honestly, to print their honestly, cards? yes. With the problems we the have access they have, yes. With security issues, entire sets getting stolen, print quality going way down. We've seen the errors come up in these prints. You know, I don't think it's a surprise that Wizards has. It's not that there's a lack of uh, printers in the country. There's a lack of quality printers in the country, and I if find they that incredibly hard to believe. The look I around, think. the proof is all around you. Look, they had an entire sheet of a set stolen and released, uh, like almost a year early. That you know, has we nothing see nothing to do with a shot. That has nothing to do with a shoddy printer, though. Yes, well, it is. It's a printer. And even with so, they shirt. had like they had. I think it was like Amonkhet or whatever. Hour there was like booster packs of like. All the uncommons are all fucked up because they're printing too much, or all the, the... With all of the same foil, like fifteen of the when same you, foil. Listen, common. When, you are, when you are churning out as much product as they they have, like, and within the age of the internet, of course you're going to get like a few no. dozen packs that are that are that are unusual that have yes, issues with not them. a few but dozen like, packs. There was the entire set of those commander products where everything was just they're printing a ton of product as is. Imagine if they upped that and made like an extra Eternal Master set every six months. Right now they're doing one a year for Master sets. Imagine if they did two a year. The amount of mistakes they have now with how much standard product they're printing, and then all of a sudden they start adding that in. Imagine just, how many issues there would be they, in all the cards they're releasing. Think, I think you guys are assuming that there, there's not printers who can can make magic cards. They don't have I enough printers it's not, to do it now. It's not, just, it's not just printers, though. It's like it's not that there aren't enough printers in the country. It's just like you'd be surprised like how many of them are already booked up and then making sure that they fall quality control and the security protocols, as Aaron and, and Jerry have already lined out, it's not as straightforward as you would think. And I'm assuming with Wizards having so much IP invested in how much money there is in stealing magic cards that are not out yet. I mean, it's a it's a big deal for them to vet a printer. It's not an easy thing. I mean, I'll, I I'm not going to argue with it further. I still feel like I still feel like it can't be that difficult for them to find printers. Like, I think the only thing that's holding them back from putting out more product is the fact that they're probably not large enough to create more. I think they're like backed by Hasbro. Something. That's that's bullshit. No, that's not true because like just because they're backed by a by a a multi-billion dollar conglomeration <laughs> doesn't mean that they're given like a blank check to do whatever the fuck they want. Like they absolutely have budgets and the fact that they had to cut back on the pro tours or you know like pro tour coverage to increase coverage in other events goes to show that they have yeah, budgets that they have to fund. Pro tour so, coverage isn't something that's profitable. Jerry can definitely speak <laughs> I mean like I mean this from like a literal this is his job standpoint to the fact that they have, uh, I mean, Wizards is like one of their top performing um, properties right now. And, w- I mean, they're doing really well. Yes, they can do better. But I think, 
MTG Arena is like a great example of them like investing into their property to try to make it not only like better, but also more profitable at the same time. Uh, It's very clear that if Wizards has a way to make more money, Hasbro's going to write them a big fat check to make it happen. What was um what was the set after Amonkhet the set like the second Hour of Devastation Yeah Hour of Devastation so Hour of Devastation Pap had so many errors in its print run that you were not allowed to list them as misprints or miscuts on TCG anymore because they were so common Yeah like that's the level that they're already at like there is a lack of quality printers because if there wasn't a lack of quality printers we wouldn't be having these problems and they have to be extra careful right now because the Chinese counterfeits are a real problem that they're working to address. And if they're not mm, careful with their printers cards, now, like they're what? For newer cards, that's not as much of an issue. It's mostly for older cards. Still, so like it's newer true, cards, it's just but like, like, but like, one you, day they still have to be aware it. of the. They're still trying to be aware of the fact that there are really good Chinese well, counterfeiters yeah. out there. I agree with Kate. Like, I think what Kate's trying to say is. You know, Wizards put these quality control pieces into play for a reason for these Chinese counterfeiters, and if they use shoddy printers that aren't using these, um, you know, high standards, it just makes it that much easier for the Chinese counterfeiters to come in down the line and make copies of them. Thank you. That's exactly what I was trying to yeah. say. I mean, if I'm a Chinese counterfeiter, I'm not making copies of a $2 Kefnet or, like, a $15 Scarab Guard. I'm making copies of, like, Mandarin and, like... Wasteland, or not Wasteland, um, yeah, like, but like those you know, are, Island or Those whatever. are cards like, they're currently printing, though. Yeah, those are currently being printed. So if they make print those and they're shoddy quality, that makes it all the much easier for Chinese counterfeits to come in and make iconic Masters counterfeits if it's not up to snuff. Yeah. Well, Hascon was fun. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> um, all right, so those are all the listener questions. Let's get into scoops. We're going super long tonight, so... Uh, let's get into scoops of top eight. I'm going to put Aaron on the spot and say you go first, Aaron. I would like to scoop Elaine in top eight. She was incredible all weekend. Um, we got to chat with her about Arena, which was great. And at the VIP party, she she was supposed to have a speech at like 7.30. We chatted with her until like 7.53 or something like that. Um, yeah, she was absolutely delightful. She was, you know, excited to talk to us. She was excited to hear our opinions on things. Um, I'd like to scoop in... Uh, Hipsters of the Coast for getting me, you know, helping me get in there without having to, you know, pay an arm and a leg for three days. Uh, I only got to go for two, but that's beside the point. You know, it was great hanging out with all those guys and uh, women as well. You know, we had uh, Dana there who had just gotten a, uh, her appendix removed like the week previous, so it was kind of rough for her, but she did an amazing job. She did all the videotaping and all that. Um, and I just want to scoop in. Kate, who is okay. Uh, Pat was awesome. Jerry was awesome. And uh, yeah, it was just it just Hasbro in general, really. It was, it was a great event. I'll do it again. Uh, hey, Kate, how about you? I know you have a long list of people you want to thank, so I want to right. thank everyone. I totally do. I, I got to spend all day Friday and Saturday meeting and in person uh, for some of them, but in some time meeting for the first time, so many people from Wizards. Um, and I really do want to thank each one of them because they were so helpful. Um, Liz and Steve, who both work on the brand marketing team, were just like awesome. Uh, Liz, I hope you know I'm just going to like show up at your house like with 
masks and a bottle of wine and be like, let's let's chill, girl, because you're my new best friend. Um, Elaine is someone I've been wanting to meet for a while. There are not a lot of women in our world, and I really look up to to the higher up women. And she's like a woman who's like in charge at Watsi, um, yeah. and she's way cooler than person, which is in person, which is just like mind blowing uh, within itself. I, I didn't and, know talking and to her also, that she like, and also just like something when I was talking to her, I found out. Two-time Pro Tour player as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's what I was gonna bring. Yeah, up. I did not know that about her. Yeah. She's like, wor- she started Super on cool. the bottom. Now she's here. Like, yeah, she's she's been working on Wizards for eighteen and a half years. She said. Yeah, awesome. she's she is not some nobody. She's like worked to get where she is. Um, I also have to say, Mario, like, he, I want your energy, Mario. Like, he, he's also <laughs> like this crazy, awesome ball of so, energy. You guys want to take a picture or something? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so for me, at the end of that whole thing, when I was up on stage with him, I just was like, hey, can I take a selfie with you? And, like, I was the last one on stage because, like, I made him take a selfie with me. And I just yelled, I win, and ran off the stage. It was very funny. It's all on tape on Hipster's website if you want to see me embarrass myself. Um, Matt Tabak was awesome this weekend. He, like was he ran a lot or he was like the spokesperson at a lot of the events going on and he is a funny man yeah. oh my god some good laughs he is and, great and um, like despite being a packers fan a generally good person oh, <laughs> oh that shade that shade um i have to put an extra big thank you out to trick because i had a hundred thousand questions and he answered all of them despite the fact he worked his ass off this weekend like I don't, he must have not slept for like the last week because every time, I, I don't care if it was like three in the morning or three in the afternoon, like he was around working on something. Um, and I also want to thank Gavin, uh, the infamous Jace. Uh, I got to meet him and chill with him over the weekend and he's an absolute sweetheart. Getting to talk with him was amazing. I definitely am happy to be able to walk, walk away calling him a friend. He's absolutely fantastic. Um, and then, yeah, I think that's it for my Wizards Peep list. Um, they're all pretty fantastic. And then I also want to send a a thank you out to hipsters. I know I'm one of them, so that might sound like kind of self-serving, but, um, (laughs) everyone else I was working there with, like, I mean, I, I feel like I worked too, but these people, I mean, worked so hard to get coverage out this week and they knew we were the only ones there and, uh, Rich Stein, and, and Dave, who was not there, but was like working from afar, like worked their butts off to make sure everyone would have access to the information coming out of Hascon. And I just have to give them a solid high five for that. That's what I was really surprised at was how few other, um, you know, community, uh, you know, press people were there. Like it was hipsters of the coast, um, you know, us, the professor and uh, Stephen from Kitchen Table. And, and that was about it. Like I didn't see like, like channel. Sorry, who? Oh, I didn't see Wedge there, but yes, I did hear. I Wedge didn't I, either. I kept missing him. Yeah. I'll get you next time, Wedge. But, I promise. <laughs> but I was surprised. Like there was no, there was no like the big like Star City Games writers or Channel Fireball writers. Um, like I was surprised at how few other you know press individuals were at the event. I think so. a lot of people wrote it off a little too soon, and and that, that's why I want to give Hotsey props for like sticking yes. to it, because a lot of people did think nothing was going to come out of this, and so much did, and Hotsey stuck to it and made sure to get every little piece of news out. There's more videos coming out this week, and I know mm-hmm. there's a, a bunch of articles planned between all of us, so um, I just wanted to give them a shout out because I feel like 
it might sound self-serving, but I really do feel like they earned it. Um, and lastly, I want to thank uh, who I now call Perry and Jat um, <laughs> for having us on the cast. I misspoke when I was chatting with Trick this weekend. Um, so now they'll always be Perry and Jat. <laughs> I feel like we should like uh, start a career at Nightpat as like a pair of magicians. <laughs> those are our stage names. Swedish, Swedish magicians. Yes, Sweet. I'll get the Bengal tiger. <laughs> nice. Uh, Jerry, who are you scooping into top eight this week, ma'am? Yeah, that's a hard act to follow, Kate. Kate I mean, everyone I, I wanted to name. Uh, but I guess I'm just going to second everything Kate said. You know, Liz, Steve, like all of them. Elaine, Trick, Matt, you know, they were all amazing. Like, yeah. um, I had so much uh, fun with all of them, just partying uh, with them at the VIP uh, VIP party was amazing. Just getting to know them, like I, it blew me away how accessible and how friendly they were. Yeah. Um. So I, I definitely felt like I came away with that with like a lot of connections. Also, just like waiting at the VIP party, I'm standing next to some uh, people, and I'm just like, oh, so like, what do you guys play? Like, oh, I used to. I'm like, oh, do you like magic? It's like, yeah, well, I'm one of the artists. I draw the art for the cards. <laughs> but, like, without even realizing, I'm just, like, standing around, uh, like, three of the artists who uh, have been drawing art for the card for years. And yep. there are so many people from Magic there that, like, you, you trip over them. It's such a wealth of awesome people to hang out with. And, I mean, like, Anders really cool. was also there, and he writes flavor texts for Magic cards. He was yes. the one who... Wearing the awesome cosplay, I was just like, uh, like Ralph. Yeah, yeah. It was awesome and seeing him too. when he was telling me what he does, I was like, "What? I want your job. That's sweet." <laughs> he was in, and he was in character the whole time, including. I know. I was trying to have a conversation with him. I was trying to have a conversation with him, and then he just would not break character. <laughs> no, he would not. To, he the whole a... day, I asked him the same question I had asked him in the morning at the very end of the day, thinking he'd be tired enough to break character. Oh God, no, that did not happen. <laughs> no. he's a a method actor through and through (laughs) um and as far as me i I definitely want to thank uh liz especially she was super kind uh she gave jerry and i more time more of her time than we deserved um elaine was also extremely gracious it was awesome to talk to her both after playing mtg arena and at the party uh it was really awesome um i got a chance to meet nate price as well who was one of the uh i think he was one of the lead developers or one of the people who was steering the ship when it comes to uh when it comes to MCG Arena, and yeah. he was also there to answer our questions. He was um, great. Yeah, uh, uh, Steve Sunu was was great. I mean, I just couldn't say enough good things about all these. It was cool to talk tomorrow, meet Matt Tayback and Trick uh, very briefly. Gavin Verhe was was awesome. Uh, had a very very cool cosplay, but also like um, super welcoming and very very happy to to help out with content creation stuff like that. So. Oh yeah, we actually need to talk to uh, Gavin and Trick because uh, Gavin said he'd love to come on and talk about how they design cards for Legacy sometimes. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna we have that iron is in the fire and we will try to get him on here for sure um but yeah that's 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 all i have um i'm gonna drop all of our facebook and twitter stuff in the show notes uh any any articles you guys have coming out can't okay i know you said you have one coming out thursday i can drop in the show notes as well i also uh, have one coming out tomorrow there's gonna be several articles from me and the hipsters this week just special one-offs because uh we have so much info coming out of hascon yeah. plus uh my interview with Elaine, um, and then also the video of me on stage is up there already. Don't watch it. Then I would just, <laughs> just point everyone to hipstersofthecoast.com for all the best Hascon content. And, 
Um, I, all right, I so gotta, Jerry. I gotta post up the pictures. My uh, my camera roll is full to the brim. Yeah, it's crazy. We it was it was such a good time. I, like I said, if there's another Hascon, I will one hundred one hundred ten percent be there, especially if it's in Providence. Very convenient as far as as far as uh, location <laughs> goes. Um, all right, so Jerry. Do you did you end up purchasing that uh, furry D twenty that was at the? Uh... <laughs> oh, I forgot to buy that. <laughs> they had a D twenty pillow. It was perfect. <laughs> you can get those a lot of places. That was the first time I saw it. Um, Pat Pat saw him, the child who childlike joy light up on my face as I saw it. Yeah, I thought he was gonna pee his pants. It was great. Jerry, when's your birthday? <laughs> January 9th. <laughs> oh, we're birthday twins. I forgot. I'm a week before yeah. you, except like two years after. <laughs> That's my mom's uh, birthday, too, actually. The 2nd or the 9th? January 9th. Okay. Surprise, Pat. I'm your mom. What? Dun, dun, dun. The twist. All right, it's all been roll. a crazy scheme to get closer to you. <laughs> Let's roll a die, because we're coming up on two hours now, and I want to go to bed. Yeah, can we just uh, play Rocky Horror Picture Show and call it a day? Yeah, yeah there we go. Uh, we got an eight, Pat. We got an eight. Uh, a thousand miles by Vanessa Carl. <laughs> <laughs> Who suggested this song? Uh, I can't Curling. have Sweet Transvestite, but we get like thousand miles, the old theme music, like uh, Sia. Miles, I feel like I horrible. walked a thousand miles after this weekend. So uh, yeah, it's fitting. There was so much walking on Friday, guys. Heels. I'll tell you what. Let's split the difference. We'll make it. 500 miles, we can do the Proclaimers. Yes, that's a I much actually like song. that idea. <laughs> we'll split the difference. How's that sound? Uh, I think my Fitbit was up to like 20,000 steps after the weekend. Or <laughs> after the, after the uh, first day it has gone. <laughs> okay. Well, we got our song. Jerry? Play us out with something sweet, Pat. That's not sweet. Thank you very much, everyone, for hanging yeah. out for so this long. This is a good episode. This Thank is a long you. one. This it was a good one. one. It's been a long episode, but it's been delightful. You two are always great, and we try to be great to, you know, make sure you guys have good episodes. At least I succeed at it. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just, I'm miserable, what can I say? No, we love you guys, you're great. All right, play us out with something sweet, Pat. (laughs) 